Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my discussion about the Bungie Twab right before Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live whenever I'm streaming. And if you're on YouTube, you can always hit the like, share, the subscribe button, and the little bell button, and leaving a comment. All of those things help me. We're slowly inching our way to 50,000 subs on YouTube. That's pretty awesome. Uh, As someone who mainly streams, I appreciate all the support on YouTube lately. So I'm going to walk through... Not the entire TWAB. There's a beefy section with tons of changes to exotics. I'm not going to sit here and read those to you. You can go to Bungie.net and read those if you want. I didn't think it would make a great video for me to talk about it. Now, I am going to read through those changes in between this video and Q&A. So when people ask questions in Q&A, we'll kind of have that working knowledge of the changes of the exotics in our mind. But for this section, I'm not doing that. I'm going to talk about the power power gains, I got it right there on the screen, power gains, and then I'll talk about the investments that they're, uh, they're talking about different investments and different ways that they're doing some things with the, with the different armor drops and stuff, and then I'm going to talk and end about saying still no word on anti-cheat, but I'm going to give you some hope about that, okay? I'm going to give you some hope about no anti-cheat. So first, let's just go through the section about power gains. Bungie says, we are raising the cap for gear drops by 40 points. Powerful gear will now go up to 1,000, with pinnacle drops going up to 1,010. The soft cap has also effectively been raised by 50 points. Gear drops from nearly all sources will continue to be upgrades until you get to 950 power, and powerful reward sources will not be required to progress to 950. So you're going to be able to do... You're going to be able to get to 950 simply by playing, like blues and other things are going to be able to help you do that. Now, one of the questions I think people have about this is, why are they suddenly doing a plus 40 jump and then another 10 with pinnacle? Like, that's a 50 jump, right? This is essentially the beginnings of sunsetting. Now, they're not going to be sunsetting weapons this season. I don't think so. If they were, they would have said something. I believe they're doing this now to get us ready. So by the time they do start sunsetting, we'll be like, no, yeah, it's totally normal. Every season is a 50 bump. 40 for normal, 10 for pinnacle. A 50 bump effectively helps with sunsetting. That's how you sunset a weapon. So a year from now, when you get into the spring season, it'll bump by 50 and all of your stuff from Season of the Worthy will effectively get sunset and get left behind. That's theory, but ultimately I think that's what they're doing. Um, that they're they're getting basically ready for sunsetting. Um, and it says right here uh, that as well as preparing for underlying systems to future updates like the forthcoming one for the legendary weapons mentioned by Luke Smith and the weapons forever section. So even there they sort of say like that's why they're doing this. They're not just doing this for the heck of it. They're doing it to prepare for that. Now another thing they say in here that has some people excited is about the sources of pinnacle uh, rewards. If you listen to my content pretty religiously there was a Q&A session where I didn't think that they were going to do this so I was wrong about this. They said they're going to be upgrading existing powerful rewards to pinnacle rewards. This is like likely to happen, um, I believe, mid-season, they say. Yeah, mid-season, weekly crucible strike and gambit challenges are going to get changed uh, to a pinnacle drop, as well as the weekly clan engram. So they are going to be increasing the number of pinnacle power sources in the game to broaden pinnacle drop access, as well as increase the pools of items that can drop in the pinnacle band. So I believe that they're doing this because of power-enabled pieces of the game, whether it's Iron Banner 
or trials as well as we don't know the full scope of what Grandmaster Nightfalls are going to look like this could be being done in relation to those things so I think this looks good Uh, the only part of the power increase that's a little disappointing is the section right here artifact power in Trials of Osiris will be active the first weekend of trials again this feels like they just couldn't get things ready in time that was some of our theorization about this and why it seemed kind of smashed together what's going on with the artifact power they actually can't have it disabled before the first weekend so you're probably going to want to get ready for that gear up as best you can get as many bounties done as you can get your get your power grind and your pinnacle grind done as best you can that first week so that you're not behind everybody else now they did say that they feel like most people will be within the hemisphere of the other players playing. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. But we can see the fact that they're addressing this and saying that, you know, the following weeks it will be disabled. And then eventually they, re- they reiterate down here that the artifact power bonus in Trials and Iron Banner will not be implemented until they can add a power cap system for those playlists. So I don't think they're going to be power capping the artifact. They're going to power cap those specific playlists. So the idea of the artifact having eternal leveling is likely to stick around since it seems that right here they're indicating they want to set their sights on those specific playlists to have power caps. So that's everything with respect to the power gains in this twat. Let's move to the next section. Oh, they're making a few minor changes to Eververse and the Titan Armor's Hideous, but we're going to scroll right past that. So here's the patch notes about all the exotics. You can see why I'm not reading through them because there is a ridiculous amount of them. Oh, I am going to make one minor comment here, something that was noticed this morning that I think is important to include in the video. It says here in the user interface section, the setting screen UI layout on consoles has changed to match the experience on PC, allowing for future updates. This is probably a very light hint that the next generation consoles PS5 and the Xbox Series X are going to allow for FOV and frame rate changes and things of that nature. Future updates I don't know why you would need to do future updates to have a UI layout in the settings to match PC unless they were going to do something of that nature. So those of you that are looking at buying a Xbox Series X or a PS5, this seems to be a hint that you're probably going to get a little nice update uh, for some performance in the future. We'll have to wait and see exactly what that entails. Oh, and they're fixing some of the stuttering with frame rates when you're applying mods, frame rating Gambit and Gambit Prime, the frame rate issues in the final boss fight of Garden and Pit of Heresy and stuttering and things like that. They're fixing some of those frame rate issues that people have been having. Uh, as far as investment goes, that's actually the section right up here. Legendary Ingrams are having their uh, armor sets available are being increased up to 11 sets from 3. I'm actually not thrilled about that. I don't like that. It's like that's just going to be so many different armor sets and the spectrum of drop rate on stats and everything, but not to worry. They make some mention about stats at the second part here. It's going to include the Faction Rally armor. Players who own previous Faction Rally ornaments will be able to apply them to these sets. So once we get these sets, you will be able to apply those ornaments that will be there for you if you had them before now. Uh, several sets that were previously unavailable or extremely difficult to acquire are now available as world drops and then a section about armor stats. 
Prime Engrams will now more reliably drop armor with higher overall stat rolls and spikier distributions. Exotic armor will now more reliably drop with higher overall stat rolls. Legendary armor now has an improved chance of receiving higher overall stat rolls, though low rolls will still be present. So it sounds like they're slowly trying to make the overall stat distribution and stat rolls on armor improve a little bit, especially on exotics and prime engrams again not really thrilled i'm not really thrilled with what they're doing with the faction armor you can see it here in screen i think the faction armor is amazing i think the faction guns are cool throwing those in the loot pool throwing those in the world loot pool the world loot pool now having 11 armor sets as opposed to just three is a little worrisome it's going to be very, very flooded and very hard to get the items that you want because the larger the loot pool, the, the lower your chances of getting the particular item that you want. I really liked the idea that uh, username here had. His username is Beer Pie. He said we should be able to take Prime Ingrams to the actual faction vendors and then that would limit the pool of that Prime Ingram to the dead orbit stuff that's in the pool. I think that would be a better system. It would kind of harken back to when we had allegiances to the vendors and allegiances to the factions, but it is what it is. This is a bit of a punt and I'm disappointed, but it's not a front burner issue. I'm not going to burn down the house and get out the pitchforks about this, but I am going to say I'm kind of disappointed in how they're handling the faction armor coming back. Lastly, no anti-cheat. This has obviously got some people concerned and worried. There's still no mention of anti-cheat. They didn't say anything. Now, we got a tweet from Dylan about this. He did reply to somebody and he said, Our fight against cheaters will never end. We have folks working the issues, and depending on the complexity of the of the cheats, things indeed take time to address. And then he says, make sure to report people at the link below. So, I actually think we can still hope, and this is in line with one of the predictions that I made, that we would not get anything about anti-cheat until the TWAB right before trials. I told people that the German the German community manager said there's two TWABs before trials. He said that. He said there's two more TWABs. Just wait. We're going to address anti-cheat is essentially what he said. And I was telling folks, I don't think it's going to be in the TWAB right before the season. That's not something they want to talk about right before a season starts. That's basically them acknowledging they have a problem with cheating. And that's not a great kickoff to the season. The night before trials, however, would be a great time to say, hey, we're addressing cheating. Here's anti-cheat things that we're putting into place here's how we're addressing it so i would look forward to the next twab for them to actually address anti-cheat i really do think that this has to be addressed to some degree the 960 power requirement for trials is nice but it's not enough they need to go a lot further than that they need actual anti-cheat implemented so hoping that there's a strong showing in the next twab the night before trials because it's not going to be a very good first launch we already have the artifact power looming over the first weekend of trials as a threat of the fun factor and the integrity of the competition we don't also want to have rampant cheating and ddosing that is a concern that a lot of us still have so we're going to transition to Q&A if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my walkthrough of the Bungie TWAB, their blog post right before Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I'm probably streaming. If I'm not, that's fine. And you're on YouTube, you can always hit like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment or hit the little bell button. All those things help me out. We're going to jump right into the first question. KJ the Knight, what are your thoughts on Bungie? giving hunters the titan helmet uh ever titan main has been waiting for oh every titan main's been waiting for listen i really and truly don't know what happened with this armor set i i i genuinely am confused i was telling chat this morning 
I honestly thought that that was a titan and they made a mistake with a hunter like symbol on his arm. I thought they messed something up. I also thought maybe it had to do with Guardian games. The hunter looks amazing. He looks like he's in a biker gang and he definitely has a helmet that looks like a titan helmet. Um, I, I really don't know what happened. I, the, 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 the titan genuinely looks terrible. It doesn't even thematically match. Like the other guys match. Their whole outfit looks like it's it's been been pieced together and thought about, and then the Titan looks like he got dressed in the dark. I just I have no idea what's going on here. Um, Star screams. With them opening up more activities to Pinnacle Rewards, do you think that they are or should they go back to a plus one reward instead of the current plus two? This is a good question. I didn't consider this, but I don't think that they're wanting to keep the Pinnacle grind slow. They've continued to, to sort of deteriorate that idea. I think that power-enabled trials and power-enabled Iron Banner may be related to this, especially power-enabled trials. They are not they're not trying to have the pinnacle grind be slow anymore. It seems to me, right? Um, it seems to me that they are they're trying to speed that aspect of it up. Where it's like an extra thing you can do. It's like when you hit 900 and all of a sudden all the milestones open up to you to get you to 950 and then you're going to get to 950 and then all of a sudden everything opens up and it's pinnacle. It feels very similar to me. It's like you're going to get to 1000 and then all of a sudden everything's going to change and there's pinnacle rewards everywhere and then it's 1010. To me that feels like they're just segmenting the grind is all it feels like. Blazing Warrior. Will Vault get bigger and how long will the downtime be? They announced the downtime somewhere. I don't know what they said. Usually it's not that long and they didn't say anything about the Vault. Radical. I'm very stoked for the Sanguine changes. What situations do you see this piece of armor being the most effective? Places like Reckoning where, again, maybe you're going for the... There's the there's a triumph of doing reckoning without using any supers. Well, you could use sanguine and have healing rifts the entire time because the new sanguine is gonna get it's gonna it's gonna extend and pause the rifts countdown every time you kill somebody, uh, every time you kill an enemy. So areas like Blindwell and Reckoning, in and maybe even this new activity that we're supposed to be doing, the tower thing in the public space, you might be able to put down a healing rift and keep it there the whole time if there's a constant flow of ads, and then by the time the rift countdown is gone if it allows the, your next rift to be regenerating while that rift's getting extended you may have eternal rifts now to me i would say that that's probably okay since you're having to put on an exotic to do that um but we'll wait and see what kind of an impact it has Aaron Kill. Bungie plans to explain how they want power levels to work in PvP. How do you think it should work to add value to aspirational PvP content? I really don't have anything fleshed out on this. I'm I'm you know, I'm curious to hear what they have to say. I think mainly I think the idea behind it is linked to sunsetting weapons. So if if in September they raise the power level to two thousand or maybe not 2,000, that's that's ridiculous. Maybe they raise the power level to 1,200. Um, you know, they, they raise it by a lot. Well, when they do that, that's going to naturally leave stuff behind if it's getting sunset. And if power is enabled in trials, then year-old trials weapons will slowly fade from the meta, and new weapons will enter the meta. So I, I feel like 
power-enabled PvP content has more to do with sunsetting than anything. Like, they're they're trying to give an environment where they'd be like, hey, you had a really nice Trials weapon, you've been using it in Trials for the last year, it's now sunset. Now, the only way this really works is if Trials weapons have perks that give them slight benefits in Trials specifically. So, you're sort of softly creating a Trials meta that you can shake up with sunsetting. When that weapon is in normal PvP or Iron Banner, it's a great weapon, but it doesn't get the extra perk. So when it gets sunset, you can still use it in the rest of Crucible, but you're likely to not want to use it in Trials because of power enabled. You would switch to something else. Uh, Tearing you up. With soft cap at 950 and Trials only requiring 960, do you think this will be enough to stop cheaters? Uh, Seems like they'll only need one week to get right back. For me personally, I didn't feel like the paywall or the power grind was good enough. I always said they needed to do a multi-week quest because people could always get to 950 or any power level that you set. They're generally going to figure out fast ways to get there. I always said a power requirement that unlocks a multi-week quest would be a pretty good barrier. This will be a decent barrier if somebody gets banned on the weekend. They're not going to be able to create a character and jump right back in. It's going to take them a while to get to 960 because the grind from 950 to 960 is where it's really going to slow down for them. They're still going to be able to do it fairly quickly because how you know how quickly they've sped up leveling. However, I really don't think this is the barrier we want to trust in. A 960 power requirement or, you know, it, oh, well, they should have required people to buy the season. None of that feels strong enough because cheaters can make money. They can do, you know, carries and they don't care if their account gets banned. They just make another and they're making money. So they don't care about the $10. So in my mind, when I look at it, I think that if you don't have anti-cheat, that's preventative. You're always going to be relying on pretty weak defenses. It's not preventative to make somebody level up it's defensive right it's that's a defensive measure not a preventative measure preventative measure means you're preventing people from coming in that are cheating a defensive measure means you're just gonna have it make it take a little bit longer but eventually they can get in anyway eventually they can level up and come back you would hope that it'd be so painful and frustrating that eventually they would give up or at the very least I would take some form of pleasure in thinking that like cheaters have to spend a significant amount of their time during the week grinding and leveling up and jokes on them like they're kind of wasting their life so they can cheat in trials on the weekend only to get banned again like I don't know I take a little bit of pleasure watching somebody spin their wheels week in week out just so they can cheat like they don't even understand that they're they're cutting off their nose to spite their face like I don't know it would that's kind of funny to me that they would devote large portions of their time during the week just so they can cheat in trials only to get banned again um i don't know there's a there's a slit there's a there's a thin layer of justice there but that's not the kind of justice that we're seeking we want to see firm harsh judgment here we want to see people get banned and never come back we want to people get see people get banned instantly or the minute they're cheating or they use the aimbot they instantly get banned and kicked from trials and it would be awesome if it said it in the kill feed so then streamers could publicly shame these people i don't care if people look down on that i would say it's deserved um because screw you if you're cheating seriously so it'd be great it'd be great to see it like automated and in the kill feed and make these people like always sort of get that call out of like yep here's another idiot getting banned makes our win easier thanks for cheating moron like it'd be great if they can implement a system like that I just don't know if it's possible. We haven't heard from them yet on this. We don't know if it's going to be super automated and super quick and swift. It could be another slow process. So, CSGO banned like 40,000 recently. I wish D2 uh, had that. They're constantly swinging the ban hammer. I mean, maybe not in big numbers like that. Sloth. 
Hackers are rampant, rampant in high combat after they announced trials, and it was said they would address anti-cheat in the TWAB. Since they didn't do it this week, does that pretty much confirm there is no plan in place? No. The German community manager is the one that said this, right? The German community manager said it will be addressed in the TWAB. When someone pressed him on it, he said, there's two TWABs before trials launches. So it's really likely, I would think, that they're going to put it in the next in the next TWAB next week. So the one that's around the corner. So. Uh, concealed. Do you think Sparrow Racing League will return in Guardian Games based on the image? It looks like the color palette is the same. I would be extremely surprised if they bring back Sparrow Racing League. They've talked about how they have to put in things and take them away and because there's limited space in the room in the game. It would be really weird in my mind for them to use their limited bandwidth and limited space in the game to add SRL. SRL by its very nature has to be large areas. It can't be some small little rinky-dink circle. So there just doesn't seem to be a conceivable way that this fits into everything that Luke Smith has talked about. Everybody keeps asking for SRL and getting SRL hopes up. But just stop it. It's there's just I I can't see them doing that. You're not going to give us dungeons or new strikes or new areas or the new things you do add you take away and you're actually going to add freaking SRL to the game mode. I just I to the game I mean, I just can't see them doing this. It just seems like a complete and utter waste of time. Um I don't know. I don't I just don't think it would be good. It's not helpful. We need other things not not SRL. Hey Lono, it seems like Grandmaster Nightfalls well, has to have contests at this point. Do you agree? With us going up to a thousand, even if Grandmaster Nightfall is a one thousand and ten, we'll eventually be above the delta, and they can't add a new Nightfall difficulty every time. No, I agree with you. And they've also seemed to indicate that the artifact is going to continue to have endless power because when they talk about capping artifact power, they specifically stipulate those game modes. So down here it says that. Just to clarify, we're going to disable the artifact's power bonus in Trials and Iron Banner until we can implement new power cap system for those playlists. So the artifact is conceivably going to continue to have endless power. The artifact's endless power is also a threat to any Grandmaster Nightfall. Even if they make it like 1,020 or 1,030, eventually the artifact is going to close that gap and then it's not challenging anymore. I would think Contest Modifier is the only way you perpetuate Grandmaster Nightfall's challenge. I said this in my video about it. It's like, there's no way to perpetuate challenge with an endless cap. I mean, an endless power source in the artifact. Uh, Potter, what is your favorite class ability, buff, or nerf? I don't really have one. Peter Iliak, do you think it's feasible for Bungie to stop the continuous flow of content for six months to a year leading to D3's launch in order to devote 100% of their resources to the new game? I believe Luke Smith already laid the groundwork for how they can do this and he kind of spoke all around it. When he talked about moving away from FOMO, moving away from limited time events, and moving towards a, a more of a system of reinvesting in existing core activities, he's kind of hinting at where this would be. They would essentially have a year where the, the live team kind of takes over and the live team sort of shoulders the burden. And if you set up systems where they kind of comb through the game and reinvest, what I said this morning is this. If starting in September of this year, 2020, they start to do this, let's reinvigorate the core activities. They have two years worth of content to do that with. They can start with year one, okay? So 2020, the next year, Destiny 2 year four could very much be defined by 
a reinvigoration of the core activities from year one. That would be the Forge on Mercury, Escalation Protocol, all of the strikes, Crucible, the public spaces on all those planets. Okay, so they do that for a year. Then, in September of 2021, okay, in September of 2021, now they can reinvigorate year two. Year two could be you would reinvigorate the Dreaming City, the Blind Well, the Forges, the Reckoning, Menagerie, okay? So that's two years of like a reinvigoration. That's two years of core activity focus. Now you're in September of 2021, okay? Now is when you let the game ho- like hum down into cruise control and the live team takes over. They've established this idea of like reinvigorating the game, right? Guess what they can do in 2021? Or I'm sorry, 2022. 2022 could be the final year where they come over the rest of the game. Maybe they come over Shadowkeep. Maybe they come over the moon and the nightmare hunts and all the things that we got. Maybe that's the time they can bring back um, they can bring back Vex Offensive as an activity. They could bring back and I know in the lore that wouldn't make sense so they could come up with a way of doing it. Maybe they would be memories. It would be like that final year where we do Age of Triumph. It could be like a hey, this is a season of remembering what we did. You know what I mean? Like that final year could be nothing more than just like that cruise control down where 2022 into 2023 is literally the last year that is mainly kept alive by the live team and then 2023 the game launches if they start to go down this road of repurposing and reinvigorating the core activities that allows them to get more life out of destiny 2 which allows destiny 3 to get more time Sorry, Lono, none of this sounds good. It doesn't sound good to you, but plenty of people are probably going to prefer this. Plenty of people hate the idea of seasonal content coming in and leaving, right? They have two choices. They can keep doing what they're doing, which is a significant amount of FOMO and a limited time event that's only in the game for three months, or they can start to focus on the core game, the core planets, the core activities, the old activities, the, the public spaces, the lost sectors, the adventures, all these things in the game that largely get ignored, and they're already created, they're already taking up space in the game right? So they have two choices. They either really silo us into a small area for an entire season, or they can reinvigorate an entire planet, or and adventures on that planet, and lost sectors on that planet, and strikes, and as opposed to what they're doing now is, is they siphon you into one activity, the, 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 the sundial, and the obelisks were nice, but still, I, I don't know. Lono keeps preaching this approach, I hate it. Again, there's people on both sides of the aisle here. There are people that feel like the rest of the game needs invigoration. The vendors need replenished. There needs to be a reason to go into strikes. There needs to be a reason to go into these old activities and these old places because they're all just sitting dormant. Whether it's the Blind Well, Escalation Protocol, Reckoning, the Forges, the Menagerie, a lot of this content's just sitting dormant and nobody's doing anything with it. But you'd prefer them to build Sundial and then take it away three months later. You're allowed to prefer that. I like Sundial. I thought it was a good activity. I don't really mind activities coming and going, but there's plenty of people on both sides of the aisle here that, and again, you got to consider something. Luke Smith said they did not anticipate the response they got to New Light and Free to Play. So there's a lot of people in the new player pool that haven't even done all those things that you think sounds terrible. They're like, yeah, nobody's running Escalation Protocol. Nobody's running Blind Well. Nobody's going into all these places. So... Too much reinvigoration is bad too. We need a mix of old and lots of new. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? 
if we want them to keep the game going and we want them to, to, to keep us playing and giving us stuff to do as well as working on the next game there's only so much they can do they only have so much bandwidth there's only so much they can work with given the reality of the technological restrictions of the game I think Luke Smith is probably t- saying we need to stop spinning our wheels and creating content that we yank out and instead make the existing content better and more fun and exciting because if it's been two years since somebody ran through the, the forges or if it's been two years since a lot of the community has gone through menagerie let's give it a pass let's give it a retreatment new bosses new enemies new mechanics new weapons you don't have to create the environment the environment's there they mess with the loot and the enemies and the mechanics that's probably easier on bandwidth so can you do a quick poll here it would be an awesome feature to add during these debates um i'm not really interested in doing that it's that's i have to go to the dashboard and do a bunch of stuff and i want to keep the podcast flowing big fesh do you think it's possible for the upcoming ui changes for console that could be the start of part of the next gen consoles having crossplay with pc I'm not going to speak to crossplay because as far as I can sell Microsoft, you shouldn't notice a difference. If I'm playing on a Series X and you're playing on an Xbox One, we should not see any difference in playing together. As far as crossplay with PC, I don't know. I think it's addressing settings. So for those of you that don't realize it, a lot of us are making speculations about this line right here. The setting screen UI layout on consoles has changed to match the experience on PC, allowing for future updates. This seems like FOV frame rate something or other that they might allow you to do um, that will enable them to say, hey, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are stronger, so you can now open up your FOV if you want. You can now um, lower resolution and increase the um, increase, you know, FPS. The Seraph Towers look to be some sort of public event type activity. Aside from that, it is just trials and legendary lost sectors. And don't forget bunkers. Do you predict that this will be a strong enough PvE content lineup for the last three months? Here's the thing. My my biggest concern about this season is not the amount of content. It's how it's structured. I've got some concerns and some question marks about how they've done this. So, right now I'm going to be scrolling through the page here. Here it is. Okay. We got to zoom out just a little bit. So, if you go to the the bungee.net site for Season of the Worthy, there's this section here with the teal box and the gray box. The teal box is everything for the season pass owners and the gray box is for, you know, everybody. It's free. The only items on the teal side that are content-based so the only thing on the side where you got to pay money that's content-based is the first two bullet points. Like, actual activity-based. I'm sorry, not content-based. Activity-based. Weekly Rasputin Challenges. Those are likely bounties. And Legendary Lost Sectors. Alright? Everything else on the teal side that I'm going to highlight now has nothing to do with an activity. Exotic quest line. That's always a one-and-done thing. Instantly unlock the armor. Instantly unlock the exotic auto rifle. New triumphs, bounties, and seasonal lore. Exotic emote, ghost ornament, and finisher. XP gains increased throughout the season. Additional season pass rewards to unlock. Free Destiny 2 contents included. Okay. That's kind of strange to me. This just feels strange. Now, legendary lost sectors might be really significant, but I'm not seeing a six-man match-made sundial on this side. I'm not. I'm not seeing something that is equivalent to sundial or... Maybe even X offensive, we don't know. Now you come over here to the free side, and you got new Seraph Tower public events and bunker activities. Okay. 
Now, we know from the pictures of the bunker that their sundial was not free to play. That's false. Um, so is Vex Offensive. That's not true. You, They were not free to play. That, that, that's false. You had to own the content to play those. The only thing that was free last season was the obelisks. The obelisks were free. The sundial was not a free activity. Um, now, we've seen from the pictures of the bunker, there's like frames like the robot guys are down there. So maybe that's going to be the draw to purchase. Like you're going to do the bunker and interact with like an NPC down there or a vendor. And then there's going to be weapons you can't get or something. They'll be grayed out. They'll be like, oh, when you do these bunkers, we'll give you rewards. We'll give you some of these weapons. Like I wouldn't be surprised if these weapons that we see that are, um, they look like classic weapons here. The auto rifle, hand cannon, sidearm, and the machine gun. These are probably bunker weapons. And they might come from those little, like, robots or whatever. Um, you get to do Sundial once, and that was it for free. Yeah, the Sundial as an activity was not free to play, and neither was Vex Offensive. Uh, so here's a picture of a bunker, and there's at least two robots down there, and there is one standing next to the stairs. Like, if you look at one of the zoomed-in pictures of it, I think it's in with the wallpaper. He's, like, behind the hunter, Okay. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Like, you'll go and do a bunker, and then if you're a free-to-play player, you're going to see all the things you don't get. You'll, like, go and interact with this NPC, and he'll be like, yeah, here's some glimmer or whatever, but you don't get, you know, you don't get the actual guns or whatever. I don't know. Again, I'm not concerned about the amount of the content. It just feels structured in a strange way. But Bungie is, again, implementing that strategy of not telling us much. Like, last season, they didn't tell us hardly anything. That stream was kind of weird. And then they were like, we kind of want you guys to discover everything. And I think that actually served their good. Because we got into the season, we were like, all these obelisks, all this grind, all this and that, blah, blah, blah. We're like, this is actually more substantive than we thought it was going to be. Both myself and Paul Tassie and many others were saying, it's probably going to be a pretty thin season. It's probably not going to be that substantive. And then we got in there, we're like, well, this is actually pretty good. It feels like they're doing that again, and even less so. Even less marketing. No stream. Very, very sparse details. We know nothing about any of this. They at least let us see Sundial in action, and they talked about it on the stream. They've not shown us any of this stuff. So, maybe they're trying to do it again. They're like, it's only $10. We really don't want to oversell this and have that kind of bite us on the butt, right? And and over-promise, under-deliver scenario. This is just kind of a, hey, it's a new season, take it or leave it. And they got our attention. Like, if you really think about it, Bungie was really smart. They got a lot of attention and a lot of eyes on the game and the information about the game with something that's free. Trials of Osiris returning. And so everybody's checking out Bungie and checking out the Twitter and then the YouTubes and, the, and, their, and their site. And they're like, oh yeah, there's a new season too. I'll drop $10 on this. This is looking pretty good. That armor looks pretty sick. That gun looks pretty sick. I mean, the armor looks sick unless you're a Titan. Like he's got, uh, you know, he's got a, a Brussels sprout helmet here. And then he's dressed like a freaking clown over here. Like I feel bad for Titans. But if you're not a Titan, <laughs> if you're not a Titan, it's all looking pretty promising. Um, Star Screams. With the ugly Titan armor and the one-eyed mask changes, do you think the devs in the art department are wanting Guardian games to favor hunters and warlocks? Listen, I know we like to be like, we like to joke about warlocks get good treatment because of Deej and all this stuff. That's all said tongue-in-cheek. I really don't think, I really and truly don't think that anybody at Bungie is attempting to like drive people 
you know, into a particular way of playing or particular classes. I think we're really, we don't want to overstate our, this is all said in jest and this is all said to be funny. We're not, we don't actually think that Bungie hates Titans. Although it does feel like somebody in the art department is sort of like, yeah, okay, uh, you guys have a couple hours left. See what you can come together with the Titans. It does feel like that, you know, like (laughs) our Lono Pepe emote is the Titan um, Brussels sprout helmet and somebody slapped Pepe on him. (laughs) Um, it's so funny every time I look at it I laugh I don't think so it does feel like the art department does kind of dislike titans though Sunfire without Bungie is putting the faction armor and weapons into Ingrams do you think Bungie should start pruning the loot pool in Ingrams with how bloated they're going to be that's the one part of the TWAB I, I really really didn't like when I read it um, where they said it's down here in investment isn't it yeah it's right here give me one second to take a drink they're increasing the number of armor sets available from world drops to 11 sets up from three you are really really bloating up that loot pool if you're wanting to get a dire promise it's going to be even harder than it was to get an old-fashioned right i'm not actually this is probably the only thing i'm really disappointed that they're doing Number one, you've completely punted on factions. Factions are awesome. They were around in D1, but like you have completely and utterly punted. If you wanted to bring those loot, that loot back, why not just put it in those NPCs at the very least as bounties? I know people are getting tired of bounties and weapon frames, but like that would have been better than just flooding the world pool. And even still, it's like the likelihood of me getting the armor that I want with the stats that I want or the gun that I want with the rolls that I want, that's not even a possibility. You, you, this is going to be like trying to get an IS Luna. If, you, if there's a roll on the Dire Promise that you want, the math is looking pretty crummy. Like, it's going to be really, really hard to get a good roll on a Dire Promise. It's going to be in a loot pool that's just freaking flooded. Um, I don't know. I liked Beer Pie's idea. He's a community member here. He's always submitting good ideas. He said, let us take our Prime Ingrams to a faction vendor and then we would only get a faction item from the loot that's been brought back so if you really wanted the dire promise you'd be turning in all your prime ingrams to dead orbit I think that really honors the history of vendors or of factions really honors their history in the tower by having some semblance of like allegiance to them instead of being like yo that loot's awesome we're just gonna shove it in the whirlpool that's kinda I just think that's nasty it's like it, it, it it's like why well, I'm, I'm maybe gonna get something sort of weapons and armor should be split between the planetary vendors I don't know that me trying to get an old-fashioned this season was really freaking frustrating and I just kind of accepted it I didn't make some big crummy video like complaining about it like was this dumb bungee but I was kind of like why'd you even bother bringing it back you could have thrown the old-fashioned as a vendor into a vendor. You could have given Zavala and Shaq some love. You could have given them each some of the weapons that came back. The Last Hope and the Uriel's Gift and the old-fashioned and the uh, the Aletha fusion rifle you, and the and the Mossy Pock rocket launcher and the I don't know why the frick they put the Terran Wind grenade launcher in there. It's a static roll item. Like, what the heck? Anyway, they could have reinvigorated those NPCs, but instead they're like, nah, just shove them in the whirlpool. And you're like, wait, what? Why? I think I went like a month before I even saw an, a, a Uriel's gift, you know, and now it's getting even bigger. 11 armor sets up from three. Dude, that's going up from what? 15 armor pieces up to 55 armor pieces. That's, that's a ton of stuff. So they're dropping in the obelisks. 
wait, where does it say that? Does it say that? This will include faction rally armor. Players who own previous faction rally ornaments may apply these sets. Did they say that? They didn't say they were going to be putting these in the obelisks, did they? Oh, you're talking about right now the old-fashioned and stuff's dropping from the obelisks. I understand. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the ve- um the Warmind obelisks that are coming. Hopefully we get a good spider day so we can go back to the tower and start getting some glimmer from spider. Resets in like two minutes. I should probably open up the game so we can go uh, look at Xur as well. Hawk147, after two or three weeks, most of the hardcore players will be a thousand plus. How does this appeal to new players? If they join D2 uh, a few weeks after season launches, it's like new players have to play at least two weeks nonstop to get to 970 just to compete. Um, This is not an accurate summary of the experience of a new player. Uh, You're going to hit 950 without breaking a sweat. So you're kind of overstating. um, You're kind of overstating. I haven't opened the game up today. I've been streaming for four hours and we just now open the game. Um, he hasn't even booted up the game today. That's a new low. Yeah, we were just looking at the TWAB for the last four hours. So almost 2,000 viewers and you guys blow my mind. It's like, this is <laughs> this is not even gaming content. I mean, it is gaming content, but it's not. So I love you guys and the support. It's crazy that we built something like this. But yeah, um, we got our own unique brand of what we do here. Uh, anyway... Um, yeah, I think getting the 950 is going to happen lightning fast, brother. I don't think it's going to be as slow as you're stating it here because that's the soft cap. So getting the 950, you're going to blink and get there. And to be fair, new players should not be getting into the game right away and being like, I'm ready for a Grandmaster Nightfall and Trials. Yay! No, they should play through the game. There should be a process whereby they play and level up and kind of figure things out. Now, to Bungie's credit, Luke Smith said that Luke Smith said that they're going to be looking at the new light intro process so that um, they're able to they're able to have a, an easier time sort of acclimating to the game. So next week in Destiny, season of Worthy begins. Work with Asher Amir when IO becomes the weekly flashpoint. That's interesting that IO is the flashpoint because EDZ is where the first bunker is. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a slight mismatch there. I assumed we would be going there first. Um, Glimmer for shards again he did he's doing glimmer for shards again it's another stock up day forget it where's Zer? we can go look at Zer um and just have his inventory on screen for folks because usually this is a long time he's on nessus all right i'm gonna remember this week to go to the barge chat i always forget to go to the barge too much gameplay i'm out sorry guys Ice Dog says, with Bungie's new work from home policy, do you think that they will have any issues on the seasonal content or future DLC? I don't want to get bogged down into this discussion because it's going to take us down a pathway and a topic that I don't feel like talking about because there's nothing we can do about it. So I'm not too concerned. Bungie knows what they're doing. Mick Solo with. Uh, another question. Do we need almost all exotic armor to be able to be really make a big difference during the game, or will non-damage based exotic armor fall short? Here's the thing. I, d- I don't know if I don't know if we're ever going to have a time where every single exotic piece is awesome and worth using. That just doesn't seem likely. That doesn't seem possible. So... 
I do think a lot of the exotic armor needs a pass though. Like they need to go through and do like a, a quality pass on them, um, and make make some of them worth using. But you're always going to really struggle with motivating people to use stuff that doesn't boost uh, that doesn't boost damage, that doesn't boost you know other other things. It's you're generally going to gravitate towards those. So Zur is selling Prometheus lens, Lucky Pants, Helma Saint, and Apotheosis Veil, and I'm just, I do this all the time. I wish you could buy one per character. One armor piece a week would be nice. I got a Void 59 Dune Marchers. So, not a terrible roll. Not a terrible roll. And it is Void on Dune Marchers. So, I don't really use Dune Marchers, though. I was kind of hoping for a one-eyed mask. Uh, or a Skull Fort or something. Serial Kira. Is 50 power level enough to sunset a weapon? Will a sunsetted weapon still be viable if you have everything else maxed? No. See, this is one thing that I think a lot of people misunderstand. The way that the weapons work right now, if you are 950, okay, and you equip a 750 weapon, it'll feel fine as long as you're not in content that is 40 or 50 levels above the 750 weapon. So if you're 950, and you go into 850. Let's just say you go into a nightfall at 950. You're 950. The encounters are 950, but your weapon is 750. The game sees the weapon as a 750 and treats it as such. It doesn't do good damage. It'll feel like garbage in those encounters. Well, that's dumb. I'm 950. Th- they made this change because I think they anticipated. They anticipated doing sunsetting a while ago, and they were laying the groundwork by doing that by addressing the damage of the weapon in relation to its power level not in relation to your overall power level I believe they were laying the groundwork even as far back as then to deal with sunsetting and I believe they did this at the at the at the instruction of Luke Smith because I think he knew from his experience in World of Warcraft and just as and, and other games in the industry in general I think he knew we got to solve this problem of eternal infusions and this is going to be a way that we do it he even said in one of his earliest interviews about Weapons 2.0, Weapons 2.0, right? People are like, where are you going to do a Weapons 2.0 system? You just did this Armor 2.0. Even in those interviews, he mentioned how long you use a weapon and infusion and how those systems would likely need to change. So, I definitely feel that even back then, he kind of knew what needed to happen before he he typed up his director's cut that he actually like put it into words for the community to read. What are you most hyped about for the new season? I love all the Warmind stuff. I love the classic looking weapons. That auto rifle just looks nasty. I love it. Slightly off topic says Jim. Now that we are moving away from damage and reload perks being king, what are some of the ways Bungie could use elemental system to develop new and diverse perks? Could something like a... And then you stopped by mistake. I'm not sure. I have been championing elemental perks for a really long time. I'd continue to say that there's more freedom and there's more potential like liveliness with elemental perks, chain lightning, suppression areas, uh, area effect, area of effect explosions or uh, damage over time burns and, and voids and electricity and things like that, blinding the enemies. Like I believe there's more that could be done with elements than just like raw damage, raw reload, or even something like demolitionist is nice. Um, 
I don't think we've truly moved away from damage and reload being king because we're all still looking for things like feeding frenzy and outlaw. People are still looking at swashbuckler and other perks that do damage and reload buffs. The only way we truly get away from this is when Bungie starts adding either more perks so then, hey, these weapons in September actually have more perks or more mod slots or perks that are actually more tied to a synergy with my my, my armor and my armor mods. Until they do that, a lot of people are still going to just think, yeah, Rampage Outlaw, Rampage Outlaw. That's all you really need. So I would think they, they we're not really going to see this come to fruition until they start actually making new loot. We need to see new guns, new new perks come to the game. Ajax, what do you think of the powerful rewards buffer being changed from 60 power level uh, to 10 power level in regards of cheaters grinding up new accounts? It isn't. It just isn't going to matter. It isn't. I don't want to get down into like micro solutions for people cheating or leveling or whatever. That's not the real, that's not the thing that's going to solve it. It is not going to solve it. What is going to solve cheating is anti-cheat. Uh, Astrovir. Bungie seems to be faster in adapting and adjusting. Pinnacle drops 1 to 2, more pinnacle sources, artifact power for trials and such like. Can there be a much more negative consequences of being more flexible than they were previously? Well, I mean, I will say to their credit, they are getting better at certain things, disabling items, disabling problematic things, shutting things off that people don't want. And that is good to see. But they're also really slow on certain things. Some of that's because it just takes time. They clearly did not want to destroy One-Eyed Mask. And so One-Eyed Mask is still going to be really strong in the right hands and in the right environments, especially in 2v1s and trials. But it took them a while to get to, to really address One-Eyed Mask. It's been One-Eyed Mask has been a problem for a long time. I mean, I was wearing that in the Last Wish raid. I mean, that's how long that exotic's been around. So... Uh, you're in my instance. What's good? Yeah, we just got the Zur inventory pulled up for the stream to see it. So I want to give them credit where credit is due, but I also want to say let's not overstep here in our praise and make it seem like Bungie's just going to keep doing things really, really fast. I still think they're going to do things careful and slow when they feel that it's either necessary for testing or sometimes I think people misunderstand as well. People think if the community gets really angry and starts to complain about something, that Bungie should just jump. It's like, you know, when we say jump, they should just say how high. Sometimes we're complaining about something and they're like, okay, the community's really angry about this. And then they run the numbers and they're like, well, they're kind of overstating it. It's not, it's not as bad as they're saying. Okay. Or they're like, okay, we're running reports. It does seem like there's a trend with this particular item. So they're going to run those reports for a while. They're not just going to be like, hey, there's a trend. Let's immediately react and nerf it. So they're going to collect all that data. So now what they're doing is is they're parsing and they're filtering community feedback through internal data. After they do that, if they come to the conclusion that a change is needed, that's just the beginning of the process. That's step one, and even that step can probably take a month or more, because just because you get something to trend on Reddit doesn't mean Bungie's going to immediately patch it. They're going to have to check their data for more than like one week of time. There could be other mitigating factors sometimes for a weapon's popularity or high usage. You know, look at how many people complained about at the beginning of this season, okay? Look at how many people complained about the 
uh, the, it's, I'm blanking on the freaking name and I was going to try and cheat. The Arbalist. I was trying to buy myself time and I couldn't do it. At the beginning of this season, there were so many people complaining about the Arbalist. It's OP, it's broken, screw this weapon, I'm sick of dying to Arbalist. Everybody was running Arbalist so they could get the freaking Komodo. Is the Arbalist broken? Does it need nerfed? Is it a problem? Is it ruining Crucible? Probably not. Right? Probably not. So, it, it they, they have to wait sometimes. Yeah, dude, Arbalist is getting a lot of high usage right now. A lot of people are dying to Arbalist. Well they're running it to get the Komodo like so they can't just immediately react so there's at least I would say sometimes a month to more of just like we gotta we gotta check our own data we gotta have the feedback and then once they decide okay we need to look at tuning this item that's probably another month of changes test changes test changes test changes test okay we think this is the right call throw it into the live environment and then they have their quality teams testing it in fights environments gunfights this fights that's fight blah 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 and then so it takes them almost a whole season sometimes to be like okay we can make this change but there's other factors Oh, you're gonna you're gonna buff that. Oh, um, we're also doing this over here. The sandbox team actually feels that this certain ability is a little too weak. We're buffing that, so you have to go back to the drawing board. Your change is gonna compound with our change and create a real big problem. And they're like, oh, fr- okay. And then they have to go back to the drawing board. Now that's just the nature of development okay if you've ever worked in a development environment there's a lot going on there's a lot of as luke said in his first director's cut there's a lot of parallel development they can't constantly be updating each other it's not like that it's not like the team it's not like the sandbox team can constantly be having conversations with the team working on a certain weapon or an ability or an exotic piece of armor and being like hey we just want to let you know this is what we're doing because sometimes they don't know what they're going to do until they get all the way to sort of the end of the road and they're like, okay, this is a really good change. So it's... I'm just saying all this so people are aware when you think something's overpowered, strong, broken, dumb, or whatever, it's never going to be a quick turnaround time of a fix or a change. And I just gave you a small window into why that's the case. You can call me a bungee apologist. There's always people on on the forums like... They're, they're, they're saying all kind of nasty things about me or anybody who's defending weapon sunsetting because when you're an insecure child and you are met and you meet somebody that has a differing opinion from you, like that's just what you do. You just insult them. It's like there's differing opinions on weapon sunsetting and because I agree with weapon sunsetting, I'm like, I'm a total sellout and a shill. Okay. Like you have to understand that even when I'm just trying to give you a window into what development looks like that's not me being a bungee apologist like that's just the reality they're never ever and truth be told you don't want them doing that well Arbalist got nerfed why well the first couple weeks of the season everybody was running Arbalist and everybody complained about it and now it's nerfed and then we turn around and we're like but it didn't need to be nerfed it's a fine weapon there's nothing wrong with it you don't want them dude you don't want them doing that it's not good for the game uh, the snorting penguin with a brand new prime sub. I'm sorry I missed that one, penguin. Nick's fan gifted a sub to Invisible Toast and a brand new prime sub from Padish, uh, Padishar Brazil. Thank you guys so much for the new subs. Marine, with seeing the console UI layouts changing and hinting towards upgrades into next gen, do you see crossplay being viable or be a risk of splitting player bases? 
I don't know why you guys are jumping to crossplay. You need to settle the frick down. Crossplay is not on the horizon, I don't think. Just because they're changing a setting, a UI, it's just it's just a change in the UI in the settings menu. Just calm down. Crossplay is not on the horizon. I really truly don't think so, all right? Now, if you want to play on your Xbox Series X with your friends on Xbox One, that's not cross-play. You're still on the Microsoft Xbox platform, okay? Um, I, I, I can't, I really, really can't see that being a, a result of this. I, I really don't think so. Radical colors change and people think cross-play. Yeah, just calm it down. I will not calm, lol. Just calm it down, Marine. I don't think this is what's coming. Mark Noseworthy indicated that they want cross-play, but man, oh man, there's a lot of barriers in between them doing that. It's a peer-to-peer game. Entire architectures would have to be built to allow an Xbox player to have a peer-to-peer connection with the PlayStation player. That's a significant undertaking that I don't think is going to happen in the life of Destiny 2. I'm just telling you right now. I don't think that's happening in the life of Destiny 2. that would all need completely built from the ground up and I don't think they want to waste bandwidth on that that's not a selling point of Destiny 2 that could be a selling point for Destiny 3 but I don't think that's a selling point for Destiny 2 to be like hey we just spent thousands of hours of time and bandwidth and time and money and energy creating it so you can finally play with your Playstation buddies and you're like why are you doing that like this game's coming to a close in a couple of years like I just don't think that's a selling point People may disagree with me, but uh, stop, stop list. There's no mention of them increasing the power level of the existing Nightmare Nightfall Hunt difficulties. Are you worried that they might not change anything and Grandmaster ends up being another high power level that we will just catch up to in a season or two? I happen to think that Grandmaster is going to have contest modifier. I do not think they're going to let you exceed the power of the Grandmaster Nightfall. I don't think so. Lightly, do you think the big power grind now preceding four days of trials can cast a bad light on it I'm worried returning streamers will get stomped by people who grinded power for four days and the actual gameplay and competition will not shine on Twitch well my hope would be that those people would prepare if they're planning on playing trials they've gotten fair warning and notice and they can they can play and if they don't then that's kind of on them. They've had ample warning. They're streamers. They play games all day. They can even get people to do it for them. So, if they don't prepare, then it's their loss and their mistake. I'm not excited about Artifact Power being turned on inside the first weekend of Trials. I don't think that's a good idea, but they've had, they have ample warning, and they're streamers. They have ample time. They play video games all day long. I, I think that they'll be able to adapt and get ready and gear up. Dredgen, since the artifact will not be in effect after week one, do you think the only gear score should factor into Trials and Iron Banner? Otherwise, what's the point of Pinnacle Grind? Also, Rip One-Eyed Mask, Pepe Laughers. Um, well, yeah, I think Pinnacles are going to matter more, which is why mid-season they said they're going to they're going to increase the sources of Pinnacle drops because pushing yourself a little bit higher is going to matter. Uh, Deeds with reworks of One-Eyed Mask and Sanguine Alchemy to nerf wall hacks. Do you think that there will be a rework of Spectral Blades and True Sight? I have no idea. Diaz. 
With the start of every new season, there always comes a debate, concerns, complaints about saving bounties for the next season. I just want to know why people don't say the same about legendary shards, enhancement cores, ETC, that will get you into a different season also. Here's the difference, Diaz. I appreciate what you're saying, but there's a pretty big difference. I can play the game right now and earn currency, and I can just save that currency, right? I do, I do the thing, I get the thing. I do the thing, I get the thing. I do the thing, I get the thing. Doing a bounty and not cashing it in so that next week I can cash in bounties already completed, already ready to go, is a disruption of normal play flow. It's not a disruption of normal play flow to be like, I've saved up legendary shards in Glimmer because I play a lot. Saving bounties and having them already completed and turning them in and getting rewards ultimately that have no you you don't there's no reason for you to get those rewards right the xp gains you're getting is on something you completed in the previous week and therefore i think you know creates a a pretty significant problem you know um so i i would think i would think that y- you would you would want to just start auto-completing bounties or telling people that their bounties are just going to disappear. I really just don't think we should be able to save bounties. I really don't. You don't get that much of an advantage saving bounties. Well, you will since the trials is going to have the artifact active in the first weekend. Um, so you do get a lot of help from bounties. In the first, this is why this is why artifact being turned on in trials is problematic. Um, so I think the bounty should disappear. I know people probably think that that's lame, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like your artifact is getting reset and you're basically getting to save XP anyway by doing stuff before the season starts. It's like you're you're kind of defeating the entire purpose of the system. <laughs> it's like that the entire purpose of the system is literally designed so that you kind of start over. Eknor. Why do you think faction armor should also be an intentional grind? This game already is becoming bounties based. Exotic engrams are faded and there's nothing to chase just a few days after as god rolls are very easy to get this is just a ton of exaggeration nobody was getting god rolls immediately in sundial um so that's false so you're basing your you're basing your position off of something that's not even true so and for that reason i'm out i'm not answering a question that's based in something that's not true uh frankenberries in pvp mobility is huge hunters have their dodge warlocks blink and dash on uh on a dime maybe and oh on dawn and titans feel left behind yes they have the barricade but it doesn't seem to keep up what do you think a titan could benefit from movement wise that fits with their lore and doesn't require an exotic twilight garrison well i was gonna say twilight garrison right i i was gonna say twilight garrison i don't know i i don't know thank you for gifting us up the ethogy silent i appreciate that um i really i Titans can still kind of skate, and without Twilight Garrison, I don't know what you can do. You could maybe increase their forward mobility a little bit. You just have to be careful. If you bring Titan skating back, Titans get to kind of dip into two worlds, and they're not supposed to be able to do that. They have a utility that's going to be super useful in Trials. Towering Barricade, okay? Don't underestimate how influential that might end up being in Trials. Bungie, in their own playtesting, decided that they had to change the way that bringing those walls down works. I think you're going to see a lot of anti-barrier mods in Trials, because people are not going to want to waste their special ammo on a freaking wall. But the wall is going to really enable nice plays to be made. 
reses, closing off entire choke points and doors and, 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 and corridors. They also get shoulder charge. Shoulder charge is going to... Uh, actually, did they lower... I forget what they did on the lunge. They, did they lower lunge? Or no, I think they increased it. I think your lunge is actually going up on untargeted lunges on shoulder charge, so that's going to help you a little bit. You're, I think you're getting an I think you're getting an extra meter on non-targeted lunges on shoulder charge. Um, so the untargeted shoulder charge is getting a decent buff come Tuesday. Yeah, I've got that right. Okay, it doesn't target as quickly, but still. Smoky Gaming. In the Bungie vid doc, The Moon and Beyond, at 50 seconds in, Luke Smith said, We are back, and here is the five-year vision for the game. Does this mean that Destiny 2 will go on until 2024 at least? Well, oh, I don't know. I, I don't... It's hard. When he, you know, when he says that, and, and, and here is a five-year vision for the game... I would have to watch that. I feel like people do this all the time. They rip things out of context and really misrepresent them. I'm not saying you're doing that. I've just, in my history of doing Q&A, people take things out of context more often than not. They take a quote out of out of a video and they ignore all the sentences leading up to it and they ignore all the sentences after it. There were people completely misquoting the MMO thing. There were intelligent people completely misrepresenting the MMO sentimentality in the video, and we went and we watched it. We said, what's he say about MMO? And he qualifies it. He says, when we talk about increasing the MMO factor, we talk about giving you more stats and personalization and improving social. Like, that's what he says. So it's like, I don't know. I'd have to go watch it. I don't know. I I, I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole. I think I've made a pretty good case that Destiny 3 is happening. I think I've made a pretty good case that Destiny 3 is likely happening 2022 or 2023. 2024 seems way too far. Four more years in this game, in this world with its limitations. I I don't know. Maybe Bungie knows something that we don't know. Maybe they know that in 2022 they can bang out another two years because they'll all be, they'll have most of the community on the new consoles and PC and maybe they're able to do like a, hey, 2022 to 2024 will be a new era in Destiny. And they drop the two, they call it Destiny something else, and they use the Destiny 2 game like to build it out. I don't know. He says it, I just watched the video there. I just, to me, it's really, really hard to conceive of that reality that we're going to spend four more years in a game that they've admitted has limited space. that just seems nuts to me two more years sure and then like a down like a downshift year maybe a third year where we just downshift and you have like a a a rise of iron age of triumph year that's really thin four more years seems nuts just seems nuts to me um games like valorant are coming out that the destiny franchise is still on peer-to-peer it'll have no more players it'll be unacceptable at that point that too, I can't expect anybody taking its PvP seriously. It's like you got this free-to-play game, you got trials, you got awesome weapons, you got awesome maps, you got awesome players, you got awesome streamers, and if you're still rocking peer-to-peer in 2023 and 2024, I don't know. He's not saying Valorant's a Destiny killer. What he's saying is, is that more and more, the the gaming ethos and the gaming community's attitude about peer-to-peer is is going to be a problem 
he didn't even say Destiny Killer, Charlie. You're kind of injecting a lot into his statement. He's simply saying that player expectations are going to continue to move forward with, like, it's got to be dedicated servers. What's this peer-to-peer crap, right? Especially if DDoSing is still happening. Like, I... Can you imagine playing in 2024 and 2023 and getting DDoS in a peer-to-peer game? That just seems crazy to me. Okie. How small is the player pool in Trials? Similar to Raids, it's about 10%. I actually never looked at the exact counts back then, but I would wager to say it probably is going to be about a 10%. Uh, Initially, probably higher. If they do the bounty system like they did before Rise of Iron, I could see it being about a 20% engagement rate because bounties will really drive people to just go in and have fun and get loot. They don't care about going flawless. So we'll see. Without the without the bounty system pre rise of iron, I'm really concerned about player sustainability. Cause getting a getting one drop on win three and five, man, that gets harder and harder because just more and more people are playing and more and more teams are in there that are good. You start driving casuals You start driving casuals out of trials, and I think you're gonna run into problems. I think you actually want trials in the player pool. You just don't want them in the lighthouse. You don't want Lighthouse what wins like French like flawless wins really easy, but you definitely want people in there playing and feeling like it's worth their time. Lightly. Thoughts on the loot pool, the new legendary ingrams. It seems bloated. I already answered this question, Light. You know that I'm not skipping you. I'm just we already talked about it. Ninja. What are your thoughts on Warlocks and Self-Res? It was a big part of Warlocks in Trials in D1. I was wondering if seeing an exotic or subclass tree allowing Warlocks to Self-Res absolutely not this should not come back and it will not come back one of the worst things to happen in destiny one self-res it was awful we had a conversation about this this morning warlocks somebody at destiny loves warlocks okay and everybody's like oh it's deej it's deej it's deej it's not Deej, but somebody at at, Des- at Bungie really likes Warlocks because they gave him self-res. And they were like, all right, fine. We won't give you self-res in Destiny 2, but we'll give you a Well of Radiance that makes you invincible and gives you extra power. Wait, what? What just happened? Like, Well of Radiance shouldn't even be in the game. Like, <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be in the game. It's, it's, it's a Titan bubble on steroids. Like, I don't understand... Who at Bungie thinks Titans deserve their hands held, but for frick's sake, like, Well of Radiance should not be in this game. It is a thorn in the side of Endgame Challenge. It's just so frickin' easy. It's dumb, easy, and strong. I don't think Well of Radiance should even give a damage buff anymore. I think they should remove the damage buff from Well of Radiance. It is it is dumb. There is nothing in the game as strong as Well of Radiance. Nothing. Nothing. Even the one that comes close, Titan Bubble, it does give you a little bit of a stronger damage buff, but you have to leave the Titan Bubble to get the damage buff. Like, you can't shoot out of it. You get a 25% damage buff, and you're basically invincible inside of a well. Like, Well of Radiance is an absurd super, and it shouldn't exist. Self-Res is an absurd super, and it should never have existed in the game. I'm sorry. I just... And I know people are like, Man, Lono, you're just trying to take away all of our fun. Look at the gamut of super power and super influence over the flow of this game, and try to tell me that Well of Radiance and Self-Res aren't ridiculous outliers. They're just ridiculous outliers. 
There's nothing close. There's nothing close. They they don't belong in the game. Somebody at Bungie snuck that in there, man. That doesn't have any business in the game. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do about it because I continue to see endgame design struggling because of this. Like, look at the Garden of Salvation boss. Okay, you can mitigate almost all of the pain in that boss room with the Well of Radiance and Phoenix Protocol. I mean, the entire room, all the thoughtfulness about the floor and rebuilding and the cyclopses and the enemies and the shields and all of that. And Well of Radiance is like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You have a boss the size of a building and the floor is electrified and there's all this damage coming in. <laughs> I'm the Well of Radiance. Have you met me? Like, it's just, I, it doesn't belong in the game. It's stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid strong. And I know people get tired of me saying something needs nerfed or something's too strong, but it's a total outlier and self-res should never come back self-res was absurd (laughs) self-res was absurd and it can't come back to the game it really can't um uh, pillops tv in theory aren't streamers and content creators quote-unquote safer than common folks against cheaters the risk of exposure of cheating against streamer seems like a good deterrent um i don't know if you spend a lot of time on twitch you have ttv in your name but this is this is comically wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounds mean. But this is comically wrong. No, streamers are targeted relentlessly with cheating, especially in a free-to-play game. It happened in it happened in Fortnite, it happened in Apex. There were literally entire days where when I played with Dr. Lupo in Fortnite, he was getting stream sniped by cheaters the entire time. That's all it was, was stream snipes for cheaters. It's a free-to-play game. They don't care. They're on some dumb Smurf account, right? They're on an account that doesn't matter to them. Uh, so no, I don't think. I think this is this is again. This is just so so wrong and off the mark. Um, so do do I think do I think that like somebody who's gonna dos and cheat and legitimately try to keep their account going? Um, do I think that somehow is a protective layer on, you know, for, for streamers? Because, like, if you do it to me, everyone's going to see your username. I mean, listen, Bungie even said that posting videos on Twitter and exposing cheaters like that, it, there's no point in doing it. I tend to agree with them. You're putting a spotlight on somebody who doesn't deserve it. I've said this about trolls. Do not let two brain-celled morons hijack your platform. They don't have one, Right? Trolls, haters, these scumbag people that harass people, these cheaters, they don't have a platform, okay? Don't give them one. They're losers. They're losers. They don't They don't have a platform. They don't deserve a platform. Don't give them your platform. Don't post the videos. Don't, don't engage the trolls on Twitter. Block them and move on. And I know it sucks. I know it sucks. Like I say, there's a part of me that... that whoa, you scared me. There's a part of me that wants to... to get vengeance on them right like expose them yes get them but like how much vengeance are you really getting on some throwaway twitter account or some throwaway you know destiny account you know that's just a bunch of random numbers in a name you know bob eight nine 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 two 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 five 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 it's like what okay who cares you're exposing nothing you're exposing nobody so and then all they're gonna do is they're gonna go to school and they're gonna go to their friends and be like look <laughs> look he replied to me look i'm in a tweet <laughs> like why give them that you're giving them a trophy at that point so 
streamers unfortunately are are a great target for this because that's why people like to stream snipe the the big guys they like to go brag to their friends because they're losers with no platform and that's their only way of getting one so if you rob them of that platform then or you minimize it right it's just like they're they might target somebody else or you at least take some of the joy out of their pathetic life like they're they're literally cheating they're literally cheating in a video game like it's pathetic uh Rome well how tough would it be for Bungie to switch to dedicated servers according to Mark Noseworthy in an interview done after the D2 premiere they'd have to rebuild the entire infrastructure of the game so if we get dedicated servers it would likely be in the next game with a brand new engine it's Rondo as elimination stands right now in the game special ammo is carried out through rounds carried over into the next round Uh, should that change in trials plus four shots with double scavenger it's very powerful and a huge advantage I understand why they won the round but it seems a little uh, lopsided I've never seen anybody spell it that way it's lopsided Um, but okay we'll go with it uh ammo carrying over round to round is a traditional pain point and a problem in trials so I don't know what they're going to do with scavenger it becomes a bigger problem because they they, they kill you and they run over the ammo and now they have the ammo now they have the ammo for the next round like it can kind of create a bit of a snowball effect um I run double scavenger on sniper in pvp and you don't get four shots they changed it okay so do you get a benefit at all Aiden though from running scavenger period Maybe not double scavenger, but you still get a benefit, right? By running scavenger, you get more ammo than you would without. Okay, you get three. Um, I like lobsided better. I kind of do like lobsided. Like, lobbing a grenade. <laughs> it's in any, in any case, I'm never going to give anybody a lot of judgment about how to pronounce words because I mess it up all the time. I, there's certain words that I heard um, when you say, like, it's akin to this. I say it's akin to this because I heard somebody say akin once. Um... I know a guy who said uh, hyperbole instead of hyperbole. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm not going to give you a lot, of, a lot of grief about that. I mispronounce words all the time. So the the, the, the ammo carryover will likely be a debate. I could I could see this being a debate very early because it's not going to be hard to see. Like we're getting steamrolled by this team. They won two rounds and now they have immediate map control. They have endless sniper ammo. They have so much ammo saved up. It's a huge advantage. Um, so I don't know if there's multiple no it's not two words it's not two words akin it's A-K-I-N and I've always said it akin and I guess that's not how you're supposed to say it you're supposed to say akin it's akin to this and I said akin and somebody got me for it on my YouTube comments (laughs) I also say aesthetic instead of aesthetic I don't really do a nice hard T-H I say aesthetic instead of aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I used to say etc and people gave me crap about that so now I make sure to say et cetera freaking anyway ammo carryover will likely be a debate Bungie's just gonna have to watch it and see if it is dictating flow of, of, of wins as a casual with a full time job I didn't buy the season pass and I stopped playing at Shadowkeep what's the most efficient way to level from 950 to 1000 it's gonna be uh, powerful sources your challenges will be the best way uh, to do it uh, just junior what are your thoughts on the most improved classes for trials one-eyed mask got hit hard i actually don't think one-eyed mask got hit that hard i actually think one-eyed mask is going to be very strong in trials in the hands of a right player and i'm going to show you why 
the overshield is back. So with the overshield coming back, in a 2v1, it could turn tide. Uh, it could turn the tide. So they've restored the previous overshield granted by defeating your marked target. So if you're in a 2v1 and you get that first kill, you now have a six second overshield. That's that's going to be influential. It's it's going to be strong. Um, that don't don't discount that, especially with the the, the rally barricades potentially. I'm sorry, the, the towering barricades potentially helping with reses. Titans might have some footing here. A lot of people think it's just going to be nothing but hunters, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Right? We'll have to see. The um, so, but you know, removing the, the 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 wall hacks and removing the damage buff against the marked target, I think that's the right call. But I'm telling you, I, I, I think this gun, I think this thing is going to be uh, going to be strong in the right hands. Mizuki Blue, what more do you think Grandmaster Nightfall could could that Master Nightfall does not? I need to do a whole video on this, but I think that negative modifiers need looked at. I think negative modifiers have been overused. If you look at the negative modifiers in Legend Sundial, uh, Master Nightmare Hunt or a Master Nightfall, I think that it is absurd and unappealing. Too many negative modifiers. First of all, stop it with the locked loadouts. Just quit it. It's Just stop. No one likes it. Uh, Don't do it in trials and quit doing it in in-game content. It's dumb. Stop it. Like, stop locking our loadouts. It's not true difficulty. It's just irritating. All right? And knock it off with extinguish. You guys have been trying to use Extinguish for years and everybody friggin' hates it. You removed it in D1. You removed the timer from Nightfalls in Destiny 2. Just take the lesson, take the beating, and quit! Like, the community doesn't like it! Like, quit it with Extinguish. Get it out of there. Um, now, once you do that, negative modifiers are still, I think, overused. You got attrition, you got increased damage that the enemies get, they take away our burn and they give it to the enemy, then they put on match game, then they put on, oh, they're going to throw more grenades, they're going to leave behind explosions, you can't heal unless you stand next to your teammates, oh, attrition is on, momentum is on, like, it's terrible, there has to be a balance, a couple negative modifiers is fine, and then there need to be some modifiers that help me out. Modifiers that make me change my loadout. Hey, this week it's Void Burn and Specialist. That's great. That's going to help me if I run this loadout to try to combat the negative modifiers they've added. But Bungie's just like, I mean, they just stack it up. It just gets absurd when you actually look at how many negative modifiers are on in endgame content. It's, it's awful. It's awful. I continue to say modifiers should make me modify my playstyle and my loadout, not make me feel like I'm getting the snot kicked out of me and I have to like hide. It's just, it's silly. Extinguish is fine. It, there's no point in having extinguish in this game. They've had to concede time and time and time again that extinguish as a modifier, as a mechanic, is extremely undesirable in the community. They literally removed it in Destiny 1. They removed it in Destiny 2. There was a timer of extinguish in Destiny 1 at vanilla, and they removed it. It was like, they don't. people don't like it. 
I have no issues with negative modifiers. Just get good. Just shut up. That's a terrible position, Ghostface, and you know it. You can't get good. Let me, I'm going to ask you something. We're going to quiz Ghostface now. He's stepped up, class. Let's quiz him. I'm interested in what you do. I want to hear your thoughts, buddy. Let's lay it all out on the line right now. Ready? Zon stratagem. Solar damage increased and incoming airborne damage increased. Okay, what do you do to get good to mitigate increased solar damage from the enemies? What do you do? Oh, that's right. There's nothing you can do about that other than hide. Get good at hiding. Match game. Get good at making sure your team all runs the elements. Wow, so much skill expression and making sure we have all the elements represented in our loot so we all run guns and different things that we might not enjoy. Awesome. Locked loadout. Get good at not switching your loot. Wow, skill has nothing to do with that. Uh, more champions. Okay, I actually like champions. I actually think champions are a nice pain point. I think the champion modifiers and the champion mods just need iterated on, but I actually think champions are a good sort of rhythmic pain point that requires awareness and loadout intelligence. That doesn't necessarily refer to skill. Again, there's nothing about get good that has anything to do with this. Attrition. Regeneration is greatly impaired. Defeating enemies may create wells of light. Again, get good has nothing to do with this. There's no skill here. You just don't regenerate as fast. And you're killing enemies, we all are, and you run over a well of light and you get some of your health back. Zero skill expression required to even mitigate this pain point other than, oh my gosh, you killed a thrall. Congratulations, you're so good. Champions, again, we already talked about them. Empath, enhanced radar, take increased damage from melee. How do you get good? Like here, what is this? You're going to just keep people from meleeing you? They're just going to run at you? You just end up playing passive and hide and you sit back out of aggro reach. That's all people do. That has nothing to do with skill. Don't come at me with a cliche get good statement when all these modifiers push people to one play style. Sitting back and hiding. Sitting back outside of aggro reach of the enemy. That's not skill expression. That's not get good. That's a freaking snooze fest. Sit back with Izanagi and snipers and linear fusions and machine guns and play it slow. It's boring. No one, no one's running this content quick and running up and charging and being skillful. They're all butt-hugging and sitting back. There is no get good. Don't do that. When we're having a discussion about negative modifiers, don't throw out some cliche peacocked platitudinous nonsense about get good. That's not even helpful in the discussion. Negative modifiers have been overused and they take everything away from us. They take away all the things that help us. No specialists, no small arms, no void or solar or arc burn, nothing. We lose all of those things and then they get all the advantage. It's it's not it's not good, okay? It's way, way, way overstated. Shake my head. I like your streams, Lono, but your viewpoint's unbearable sometimes. You have a very casual state of mind. If my viewpoint's unbearable, then you can politely get the frick out. I actually have a lot of nuance on this. I talk about mitigating pain points with your loadout, paying attention to things that are they're changing every week, using your loadout to overcome pain points. I don't talk like a casual. You talk like an idiot. I'm not at all talking like a casual. If I'm unbearable, get the frick out of my chat. 
J. Logan. With the news that faction gear and the OGI core gear will be added to the world loot drop pool, do you think this has been done to get new light players and year two players that gear before potential faction reintroduction in September as a way to catch everyone up? Don't think so. They said that there's absolutely no plans to bring that back at all. Uh, there's no plans temper like at the moment. There's no plans to bring back factions. So, uh, I Carney for trials. If it's only one map per weekend, do you think we could see locked loadouts in the future? Locked loadout is terrible. Locked loadouts terrible for trials. You have to be able to adapt, right? You have to be able to adapt to what the other team is doing. You cannot do locked loadouts and trials. It'd be a terrible, terrible thing, right? Listen, I come hard at people that put garbage in my chat, all right? Don't be the guy that just says, get good, when we're trying to have a discussion about negative modifiers. Don't tell me that I'm, I'm, I'm a casual and that I'm unbearable. Shut your freaking mouth. Don't put garbage in my chat or you'll get body checked. It's as simple as that. Uh, MW2 Killer. With consoles getting updates PC got before, do you think consoles might get an in-game chat sometimes in the next few seasons? I actually don't know. I thought there was reasons about that. I thought there was like actual like rules about chat on consoles that if they did it, they had to do something else. Like, I don't know. I don't think I don't think they just don't do it because they don't want to. I thought there was actual outside reasons as to why they hadn't done this yet. As far as we know. The, w- all they're saying is that the UIs are the UI is changing in the settings. That's all we've seen. They've not. You guys are going a little bit too far. If you go down and read this, I think you're reading a little bit too much into it. It literally only says the settings screen UI layout on consoles has changed to match the experience of PC, allowing for future updates. You guys are reading way too deep, right? They're way, way, way too deep. That's that they're not going they're not going all the way to like oh that means we're getting crossplay whoa 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 slow down no 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 oh that means that they're gonna bring game chat and stuff like that they're not even talking about that they're talking about one particular screen is gonna get a change this is probably with respect to frames and FOV on the PlayStation Series X the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X uh. Balatorn, do you think that there should be some sort of protection to us when we're using a finisher? I notice that I still take damage during the animation and sometimes die right when it's over. This is another example of why no one can accuse me of being a casual. I literally put together guides on how to do time trials in the Master Nightmare Hunts and we ran them under Delta and we actually talked quite a bit in my guide videos about how to properly use finishers. I thought finishers were a total like a total waste. And then I started playing the Master Nightmare Hunts, and we were going for the time trials. And we were really, really thoughtful about that. If we got somebody down to fin- being finishable, especially the champions or the beefy enemies, that became a rhythm in our strategy. We knew there were certain enemies we could chisel down to finishable, and then finishing them was easier than chasing them, especially the thralls. There were some of the orange bar thralls that were a freaking annoyance, and you could get them down to being finishable. And the range at which when you like grab finish, like you grab finish and you like launch forward, and then you finish them... Finishers for finishers were actually super super helpful uh, in those environments. Yes, and it does save ammo. So I actually think finishers are like a layer of decision making that I continue to say. If you go back and watch my content back then, I talked about how I felt like being under Delta, being under Delta in Nightmare Hunts at 980 was the most action like MMO action I felt like the game felt. We were using. 
we were using Wendigo to blind people. We were using uh, finishers to get rid of beefy enemies. We were doing all kind of stuff like that. I enjoy your stream, but I don't enjoy streamers that speak to people in the way that you would never do face to face. I, you don't know me. If you, I, I definitely talk to people like this face to face. I do, hundred percent. I'm not an internet tough guy. This is how I act with my friends. I debate. I get fired up. I get passionate. 100%. I've always been this way. I've been this way with my friends that I used to play Call of Duty with. So if you're trying to call out my integrity and consistency and character, you also can get the frick out of my chat. Uh, next question. King Thomas. Do you think disabling weapons after a certain time frame is a good thing? It's good for the grind, but not good for time investment. What's your take? Disabling weapons after a certain time frame is a good thing. No, 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 no. No, they're not. They're not talking about disabling weapons. Sunsetting is it, you can't infuse it anymore, right? You can't infuse it anymore. They're not graying out weapons is not the right call. Listen, a lot. If you go, if you go and read the complaints about this, right? You go to my YouTube video, go to the forums, go to Twitter. I would say, in my experience of scrolling through them, 7 out of 10 replies are completely misrepresenting what's happening. They're just exaggerated, they're just totally not even accurate, and this is what a lot of people think is going to be going on, right? They think that they're literally losing their guns, and that's not true. There are people here that don't like sunsetting, that do a much better job arguing against it. They don't like it. We've gone toe-to-toe. We've gone round and round on it. But they don't exaggerate and say, oh, they're taking our guns from us. They're making our guns worthless, right? Most of them don't like the fact that Bungie's making the decision for them. Like, I I can't take it into the new raid. That's what I mean. They kind of are disabled because they won't be usable in most content. You just typed another inaccurate statement, though, King Thomas. Most of the content, it will still work. It's a minority of the content that it won't work. In 90% of Destiny, you can use a weapon that is not max-infused. It's a small slice where you'll need to have your stuff max-infused. So again, it's just a, it's a misrepresentation of what's happening. You will go a year in, and you'll be like, Oh, there's a new raid. Oh, I can't take my guns in. Right? I can't take my guns in here. I can't infuse them anymore. That's the only place that'll be true. The new raid, the new dungeon, uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls, whatever. It's the t- it's the tip of the it's the tip of the content pyramid. So they're not going to gray anything out. They're not they're not disabling anything. Listen, you're forgetting. I think, and a lot of people are forgetting this. That most people when they boot up. Okay, if you're a hardcore player, and you're only playing raids and only playing Grandmaster Nightfalls and only playing dungeons, I actually think even within hardcore players, that's anomalous and that's a minority. Most hardcore players are also running strikes. They're also running their their um, their weeklies, their bounties. They're going and doing all these things. They're checking all those boxes. They're trying to level. They're trying to do the things. And all your loot's going to be perfectly good for that. It's only when you narrow down and say, hey, let's go run the new raid, that's when you got to consider your loadout a little bit more. Oh, this gun's, you know, 13 months old. I can't take it in here anymore. Now, what I suggested they should do is they should go back to a normal hard scenario, right? So the raid launch is normal, and you can take in your year-old raid weapons, and you're getting all the new raid weapons. But when hard mode of the raid launches, it's high enough in power level that you have to start you you have to start switching to the new raid weapons. They're honoring the raid weapons of the past 
while also pushing you up to say, hey, the new raid weapons matter, right? I think a normal and a hard mode needs to return in this system for people to truly see like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. I definitely can still use my old loot in the raid initially, but then I'm gearing up for hard mode. Yo, what's good, Clyde? So... I don't know if I've ever made this perfectly clear to people. A lot of people like to say, say no to rage. This guy's a jerk. This guy's arrogant. You can debate me all day long. You can disagree with me all day long. The minute you start talking about me, you're going to get slapped. Okay? I don't tolerate that. You don't call my integrity into question, my character into question. You're going to get slapped. All right? You, you can debate me all day long. People do it. We go round and round and round. They disagree with me all day long on certain topics. But you start talking about me, and it's going to happen. You're just going to get slapped. I don't tolerate it. You don't get to come in here and do that. This is not your playground. Uh, Fortress Wailed. Do you feel that Bungie intentionally makes armor and weapons OP? For example, the Dune Marcher's buff seemed unneeded for an already decent exotic. I mean, I don't know. To a certain extent, I think people maybe overstate when Bungie buffs something. Oh, they're making it OP. They're making it OP. Well, OP stands for overpowered. Is it breaking encounters? Is it breaking the game? Is it breaking PvP? Right? I, I I don't think... I don't even know what like what are they doing to Dune Marchers that makes you think they're going to be OP. I didn't read the Dune Marchers and think that. Increase the radius of the static charge to 20 meters up from 12. I again I don't I don't know is that really going to cause a lot of problems? I I are are people really going to run Dune Marchers over a one-eyed mask? <laughs> like I don't know. That that seems uh that this doesn't seem like a I don't know. Like an OP scenario. It's just it's not a buff. Increasing the radius of the static charge to 20 meters up from 12? How is that not a buff? It seems like it's a buff. I've missed a bunch of subs. Um, A9 with 10 months. Love your content. Love this community. Wild Trash Panda with 6 months. Thank you. 7 months from Excedrin. Thank you. Uh, Euphoric gifting a sub to Scrambly Vision. Thank you. Uh, Halcyon Overseer with a brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad free viewing. So, it's not a damage buff. I do apologize. It's not a damage buff. Damage is not a lot, so range won't really do anything. This does not seem like they're going to break Dune Marchers and make them OP. I really... I don't think so. I don't know. Are people really going to be using... Do you think people are going to be using Dune Marchers in the competitive side of PvP when One-Eyed Mask gets its overshield back? I don't know, man. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Small uh, Peculiar, with the change to Vale's specific intellect stat always dropping with a plus 16, would it be a good thing to see curated style rolls on exotics? For example, exotics such as Armamentarium having a chance to, put the, to drop with a plus 20 discipline. Um, or they could do something cool like if you put a discipline mod on it, maybe you get bonus points or something. So you get 15 instead of 10 on that. Um, you could say, oh, you, you already get that. So they could do the, the stat propensity thing. I think the stat propensity thing makes sense. Well, they also said in this thing, keep in mind, they also said this, that exotic armor will now more reliably drop with higher overall stat rolls. So, like, I, I feel like you're going, to, you're going to more consistently get, like, good, good stat rolls. So, um, 
I couldn't say this before, but consoles don't get in-game chat because in America for consoles, if you have text chat, it legally has to have speech to text and text to speech for people with disabilities, uh, which, which adds time. That's what it was, Princess. I couldn't think of what it was. I was like, isn't there like an external reason why they never added it to consoles? I couldn't think of what it was. So does that not, does that legislation not apply to PC games? Right? I like to listen to you, and to be honest, I like the way you approach this stuff. Keep it up. Well, th- thank you. And Ghostface is still here. He knows not to take it personally when he said get good, and I decided to to light him up a little bit. He's still here. He knows that's just that's what we do. He didn't go running for the hills and get mad and call me a name. Like he, I it was it was you know it was a little it was some fun banter. I didn't call him stupid or dumb or call him names. I said, all right, Mister Get Good, let's 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 do this. Let's talk about get good. <laughs> And it was funny. Listen, part of the appeal here is that I don't just sit here with a monotone voice and just read through questions and give you boring answers, right? This isn't like Bueller, Bueller, okay? A little bit of spice every once in a while, you know? I'll get hate for it in the YouTube comments. I don't really care. <laughs> Xbox tough guy. Uh, if Well of Radiance isn't a rift, how does Lunafaction affect Well of Radiance? Oh, I know. We had this debate already. We'll have to wait. I really don't think that's what they're doing, though. Right, I really don't think that the change to Sanguine is going to apply to the Well of Radiance. I I don't think so. I get where you're coming from. You are in fact correct that the Luna Faction boots do say Rift, but it also applies to the Well of Radiance. In this case, I can't see them giving you a perk on Sanguine that is better than the that's better than Phoenix Protocol. Like. That's better than Phoenix Protocol because you literally, as long as there's enough ads, can make a Well of Radiance last for forever. Like, Well of Radiance is already a problem. So, Spicy Baby, that's how I like it. There's just people that come in here that get it. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes maybe outsiders are like, what the frick is going on? Lono's lighting this guy up. And people that step into the ring usually know what they're signing up for. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be a little bit of a back and forth. It's going to be a little bit of a bout. Ghostface is fine. I have more respect for people that stick around after that anyway. <laughs> Con, do you think that Legendary Lost Sectors might be a long-term endgame activity as in the TWAB paired with Master Nightfalls? I don't know. we've already answered this question quite a bit I don't know if legendary lost sectors are going to stick around or not we'll have to wait and see it does seem like they're they're doing that investment in core activities though that Luke Smith talked about I'm having chest pain says with one eyed mask getting wall hacks removed do you think Bungie is looking into removing wall hacks from other classes middle tree hunter warlock rift exotic the warlock rift exotic right here sanguine alchemy is getting a complete redesign so uh, middle tree hunter maybe I don't know Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it 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 doesn't seem like we can draw this conclusion. Like Bungie's like no more wall hacks. It was like one eyed mask was absurd with wall hacks because foe tracer is still in the game. They didn't touch foe tracer, uh, and so I don't I don't know if. So sometimes I think what happens is, is we see Bungie do something and we're like, oh, this means all these other things are going to get a damage pass or an adjustment too. Bungie will usually tell us. If they're having a far-reaching philosophical shift, and I'm going to give you an example. When they went after all of the damage perks, Rampage, Swash, uh, um, I can't think of the other ones right now. But when they went, uh, Kill Clip, when they went after those, they they uh, 
they basically said we're having a philosophical shift on damage perks now if they would have said specifically we are just doing this to rampage we can't always conclude that right oh man yeah they're 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 messing with rampage they're clearly going to start messing with the other damage perks does that make sense i feel like they usually tell us when they're doing a far-reaching philosophical shift as opposed to one-eyed mask needed to dress does that make sense i feel like there's like different categories there in their reasoning usually uh fear fear fury hd do you think the mk44 sandicides getting buffed and one-eyed mask getting an overshield back that seems like a potential cause of rage in pvp with titans getting an overshield for essentially nothing what are your thoughts apology for typos on mobile it's unacceptable no it's fine um let me read the the, the mk1 reduce the delay at the start of sprinting for the overshield until it comes out okay so it comes out a little bit faster um, I mean, uh, there's a little bit of hyperbole in your question. You don't get an overshield for nothing on MK. You do, but on the one-eyed mash, you got to win the gunfight, and you're not getting a damage perk on the marked target anymore. So it's a fair gunfight. You can't wall hack them. You don't get a damage buff. So they're winning that gunfight fair and square, and it, they're getting an overshield. That's like now kind of the point um, of it. And on the MK, I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see people going back to the MK44 bum rush people like the Juggernaut Shield and D1 and just shoulder charge. Um, or maybe not. Wh- what do they do in D1? They use Juggernaut. And I think they just ran at you with a shotgun, I think. So maybe that wasn't a possibility in D1. I might be misremembering. I remember Juggernaut Shield being ridiculous. Um yeah i i don't know so you're winning your 1v1 after being shot is for nothing well and almost every 1v1 you're gonna get shot that's the nature and of the 1v1 i think some people look at it and say you won the fight that's your reward now you're getting an overshield that seems a little bit too much i i don't know it's this is always going to be the pve like mmo space magic like grinding up against P- like the 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 semblance of a super balanced you know PVP environment right so they have to have exotics that give benefits and if the benefits are completely worthless then what's the point of even putting exotics in the game and you're going to have exotics that do this you're going to have exotics that give overshield their quicker refreshes on items uh damage resistance and other things so i don't know i it's as soon as you accept that space magic's going to be in the game and going to cause de facto imbalances, then the question is, is the item dictating too much of the flow of battle? Is it dictating too much of what is going on um, in, in the fights? Is it becoming an overriding meta um, uh you know, is it that that's always going to be that's always going to be the concern, I would think so that they have to give you a benefit is the benefit so absurd that it's breaking the game. It's breaking encounters and fights crazy revolution. Which exotic do you think will be good for the warlock in PvP trials now that sanguine is changed? I don't think folks are going to run sanguine in 
I don't think so. I think people are still going to run Controverse with handheld Supernova. According to Griffin and some of the other guys at Bungie, the Controverse, I'm sorry, the, the handheld Supernova change is actually uh, a buff in the right hands. So I think you're still going to see people run in Controverse and uh, handheld. I also think you're going to see Apotheos, uh, I'm sorry, Aphidian. I think you're going to see Aphidian because Aphidian is going to pair well with the increase in range. So it now increases the lunge range on all Warlock melee attacks. That's on top of another range buff for Warlocks. So you might start having Aphidian punching into the future the way that people punched into the future in D1. Like, the Warlock melee absurdity uh, might, uh, might, be a, might be it. So, Parite77 with a $5 tip says, Love the Q&A, dude. Thank you so much. Appreciate all of the time you spend talking with the community. Thank you, Parite77, for the $5. And Old Knuckles with the brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge, your emotes, and the ad-free viewing. Appreciate you uh, being here and uh, using that sub. Appreciate you. Uh, Let's see here. Small King. Did Bungie ever go... Uh, did Bungie ever go to the over the anti-cheat system? No, 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 no. We're hoping that they talk about it next week. It seems like they're going to. Whitlow, what was the motivation for Bungie to increase the power level so much this season? It's because of sunsetting uh, a 50 bump every season, 40 for the normal, and then the extra 10 uh, from Pinnacle. A 50 bump is how weapons become sunset. That's enough to leave a gun behind. So in 12 months, that's how they do it. They're doing it now to get you ready. We're just going to become accustomed to the idea that like every season there's a 50 bump. Nox. Uh, and they actually say that in the blog post, that this is tied to that. Uh, Nox. With them raising soft cap and being uh, a returning player, should I continue trying to level grind or should I just do that slowly as I grind for god rolls? Well, as soon as the season rolls over, homie, you're going to be able to get to 950 really, really easy. And then everything after that's a challenge. It's a 40 bump total. No, it's a 50 bump total. Because there's the 40 bump and there's the 10 for pinnacle. It's a 50 bump. So when they consider that, right, they're giving you 40 plus the 10. They're going to consider end game structure around that. It's a 50 bump because you can go up 50 total power level points. And that 970 is max now. The new max will be 110. Oh, you're right. I didn't consider that. It is only a 40 because we can currently get to 970. You're right. Okay, I'm sorry. I was misspeaking. Um... Is 40 enough to sunset something, though? Didn't we say 40? I can't remember when we talked about this last. I'm sorry, I was mistaken. I forgot that the cap now was uh, 970. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is Lono's camera messing up occasionally for anybody else? Doing what? What's it doing? I don't think so. A lot of people are watching. I think somebody would say, am I, like, am I glitching or something? Um, 970 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 times 4 is 160. I think 40 is the max drop-off. 40 is the damage delta. Right. I would think by f- I would think by 40 is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, remorse. This may not be anything you have thought about or care to speculate, but how high could they make our level in D2 when they already are hitting 1,000? And this could be the same system continued into D3. Will they continue to want people to grind 1,000 plus levels? It... it kind of becomes pointless doesn't it um imagine they reset us to zero (laughs) do you see what i'm saying does it really matter if we're 1010 or 800 or 600 or 400 it 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 really just is a number it doesn't matter how high the number is or how many zeros are on there it truly doesn't so 
I originally thought, oh, it'll be so absurd to be a thousand. But then when I started, I, I saw the numbers in the blog post and I was like, it's not going to be a big deal. 1,050, 1,060. If anything, getting into the thousands gives them more freedom because it's like, it'll take forever for it to roll over to 10,000. It'll almost, it'll, it'll almost assuredly not happen. You know? We're not level 1,000 now when the lowest uh, you can be is 750 now. We're not level 1,000 now when the lowest you can be is 750. I don't understand what you're saying, Harry. Just enough. Do you think it's okay for only one class to have wall hacks? This patch removes wall hacks from Titan and Warlock. Intel is super helpful in the mode. Um, I just don't have a lot of commentary on that. We've talked about wall hacks enough, I think. Hey, Lono, since One-Eyed Mask is getting an overshield ability back, do you think it'll still have the health regen function that it currently has right now? Do you think it is a balance change for Titans? Yeah, see, they didn't say, uh, this is a question from Mr. J, they didn't say whether or not they were reverting that. Since it says that um, restored the previous overshield granted by defeating your marked target, which is now a duration of six seconds down from eight, I don't know if they're going to pair that as well with... um, as well 750 is the lowest you can get we're 250 really oh I see what Harry's saying 750 is basically the new zero I understand what you're saying Harry right you're adding to my argument that like it's just a number it kind of doesn't matter yeah 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 I understand now discount Spartan do you feel as a player about the how do you feel as a player about the power bump that we will likely see our uh, see per season from here on out as someone who's largely ignored pinnacles this season and coasted on artifact power to break thresholds for activities I'm actually glad to see the power bump is coming season is coming the season um, I'm I'm really only okay with it because they've made leveling so straightforward like if leveling was the way that it was in the past like super milestone dependent and you you needing to you needing to like actually um run into crucible and run into gambit and stuff like that as long as we're not doing that then i i really don't care um in general i think one of the biggest problems is is that they in the past they were always giving us like this feeling of we um, we had to run all this other content we didn't want to run and that's why a level bump every season was just so painful and whenever whenever you have a level bump every season if you're making people run through what feels like a, tr- like a treadmill hurdle as opposed to like oh you can just come back and kind of play and level people like People like the semblance of gearing up, leveling up, you know, in- increasing the level. This is something that people like doing. It That's why the artifact is good. So the fact that leveling is pretty straightforward and they always are going to be raising the soft cap, like, I really don't care because leveling happens automatically. The problem in the past was, it was like, hey, you just hit max level, now you got to do it all over again. Oh, and by the way, the means by which you level is playing content you're not interested in. It was a pretty rough system. This system's more well-rounded. The artifact is there to cushion the blow. So if you are trying to level and you're getting some bad RNG drops while running the content, no worries. Your artifact is leveling up and, and adding some extra extra levels to to soften the blow. And if Luke Smith makes good on his promise and eventually leveling the artifact is more evenly balanced with XP from activities and bounties, 
you're going to be running your nightfalls and your strikes and your and your all all those milestones and you're going to be getting pretty good XP while doing it. So you're bo- you're both linearly leveling as well as gear leveling. So it's all like this feeling of moving forward and you're just playing the game. I I don't think it's a problem, and it helps with sunsetting, something that I've been a proponent of for a very long time. I know people want to act like, oh, I'll defend Bungie no matter what they do. Most of my content is critical. Most of my content's about how the game can improve, but I've been advocating for sunsetting weapons for a super long time. That's not like I'm suddenly okay with them doing this. I've been telling people that they should do this for, for, for at least two years now. Uh... Kingish Kandar. Hey, Lono, do you think that they will bring back bounties for trials like they did in D1? I hope that they do. I've been advocating for that. Ecow. What do you think about the balance philosophy around enemy tiers? Do you think that this will influence weapon PvE and PvP balance? E.g. balancing very strong PvE perks around tiers of enemies or other situations uh, next to impossible in PvP like seven rapid headshots on the same target. That's something that I started saying they should do with perks is build around the idea of sustained damage so it's not even possible in the Crucible like if you do I think one of the ones I came up with was like something with an auto rifle where 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 if you do enough damage with one clip it like supercharges the next clip or creates incendiary or or burning rounds for the next clip right and so you load the next clip and it's like fires coming off the gun and you're lighting everything on fire well you can't do that in crucible you're never going to get enough damage on a single target to proc that right yeah, kind of like the cold heart, but it would it would basically supercharge the next clip with some sort of elemental effect. It, it makes the next clip like supercharge, and the gun's unstable and it's bucking like a bronco. But you're getting chain lightning, you know? It's like, oh, I supercharged. You're like, oh, this thing's crazy. That'd be really fun, right? That sounds like a good exotic, but it wouldn't be possible in Crucible. You're never going to do enough damage to somebody to proc that and get the next thing going. But you could use it on a major. You could use it on a, a beefy character, you know? Or there'd just be a pile of ads where you can kind of keep shooting. And that would be, I think, a, a, a nice perk. And as well as what you're saying, like, there's already some things in here that you're going to get a better bonus. What was it? The Ashen, uh, the Ashen Wake? Yeah, you're going to get more grenade energy if you kill a higher level enemy. Stuff like that is really cool. Like, you kill a major and you're going to get more grenade energy back. That creates strategy. You know that grenades are useful in this environment. You whittle down, you whittle down a champion. You whittle down a major, and you throw a grenade at him like a baseball. Ashen Wake throwing up grenades is actually kind of fun. And then you get, and then you get your your more grenade energy back. Could Bungie turn on the Vex offensive on the moon for a week and turn it off from time to time, just as something for people to be doing uh, to get some of the weapons from B Rush? Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do about this. You know, Luke Smith indicated that eventually they would give you the opportunity to, you know, get the guns back, but they haven't really indicated how that's going to happen. And so the, I, turning back on the Vex invasions, I think, is what you mean. The Vex invasions on the moon, not the actual Vex offensive activity. May, you know, maybe they could do that. I just figured they'd throw them in like the gunsmith or something. When do they do community focus? They've not seen those in years. I think they stopped doing them because they were going to have to start repeating themselves. I think they were they they kind of they kind of run the gamut. It felt like maybe they do them. I don't know. Uh, based on impulse, I've seen I've been on the impression that Bungie employs around twenty five hundred developers. No, but I've been told multiple times that isn't correct. I don't think that's correct. Do you know the more accurate number? I believe it's anywhere from six hundred to eight hundred employees. It's not more than a thousand. Um, at their peak, I think they had like close to 900 employees, but I think they've shrunk a little bit. 
and they also lost Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios. So I think it's somewhere between six and eight hundred employees. We don't have an exact number right now. There's a community focus right now. Oh, they release a community focus. That's why you said it. Oh, who is it on? Uh, Bungie.net. Oh, it's on Drewski. Oh man, that's nice. They did one on Drewski. Make sure and check that out. Go to Bungie.net and read all about the Drewsker. The Drewster. The Drewski McDrewster. I don't know what I'm saying. Next question is from Jay Laughlin. Second question, but this came to my mind during Q&A. But could it be possible that Bungie could pull a Rise of Iron and have new content exclusive to the new consoles on PC? I'm talking about only new content. No, no, no. I get your question. I, I don't think they... I don't know. They could do this. I'm just going to give you a maybe. They certainly could, but the problem is is it becomes Here's why I don't think they're going to do this. I actually just had enough time to like really process it. Console saturation is what drove the decision with Rise of Iron. At the time that they did that, only 10% of their community was on the old consoles. Only 10% was on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. I don't think the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 will saturate the market enough for Bungie to ever do this. I think by the time the market's saturated enough, they would just pull the trigger on the next game. So, Dragon Slayer. Do you think that they are moving towards a pay-for-premium reward system rather than a pay-to-play system, given that most activities are free? Um, Moving towards pay-for-premium rewards rather than a pay-to-play system. I don't know. Let me let me think about this because that's certainly not true in Season of Dawn or Season of the Undying and Shadowkeep, but it seems like the next season is structured very differently. I can't really answer this until we see what everything entails. Sure, you can play the bunker, but you can't do the legendary lost sectors. Are the legendary lost sectors going to be more substantive than the bunkers and the tower events? I can't really answer this question yet because we haven't played the content. It's a good question, but I don't know. I don't know yet. We haven't played the content. Silly Rabbit, do you think that the pinnacle additions to the core activities removes value from the endgame grind? Maybe, but I think they're bruising the endgame on purpose. Number one, we don't know what Grandmaster Nightfalls are going to offer, so we got to wait on that. But secondly, if they bruise the endgame a little bit and you're like, oh, wow, pinnacles are so much easier now. I don't really need to go run the endgame. The endgame is kind of like, you know, it's not as cool as it used to be. Well... You could change your mind in September if the new raid actually has guns worth chasing instead of guns that are equal to other guns in the game because sunsetting will be put into place. Maybe the 2021 expansion might be PS5, Xbox X, and PC only. That's only one year in, Gus. That seems too soon. That seems too soon. I don't know how long the Xbox One and PS4 were in rotate were in circulation and saturation when Rise of Iron came out. Wasn't it two years? I feel like it was two years. I could be wrong on that. It's hard to remember all the dates now. It's been a long time. So, but I don't think a year is enough time. Especially, <laughs> Microsoft and Sony are making it really easy to sit on the sidelines with both of their consoles. Like launch titles and first party titles are playable on both on both systems the old and the new everyone in chat we got a couple people in chat saying two years destiny one launched on ps4 day one so it was two years then right yeah it was two years one year doesn't seem long enough and there are and again and again i feel like they're making it easier to stay on the old systems this time around microsoft and sony's strategy is a little bit different um somebody's saying three years really PS4 was November of 2013. 
So the PS4 was out for a year already when D1 launched, and then two years later, so it was three years for the PlayStation. That means it was three years for the Xbox as well. They launched the same season. They launched the same year, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. And by 2022, we should be getting a new game. Exactly, Gus. I don't think there'll be enough time for console saturation to do that. Good discussion on it, but I just don't think there's going to be enough time. Um, Alweezy. Debatable whether legendary lost sectors are here to stay, but do you think Bungie would do something like the Division 2 with the targeted loot in them? Specific world drops guaranteed in specific lost sectors? It's possible. Um, I really want to go back to the chasing loot and it drops instead of bounty click the button bounty click the button I know I was a huge advocate for Ada's frames to be everywhere in the game and Bungie did that I mean weapon bounties and frames are literally everywhere and they're great I think weapon boons or targeted loot in an area where it drops from the boss or something would be better because you're you're giving me the targeted farm of a, of a bounty but you're making me go into the game and do stuff and then it drops instead of like going into a lost sector getting 50 headshots and getting a gun targeted loot from a boss or a weapon boon that you get from the vendor and then while you're in that playlist or that activity that item has a high drop rate from the boss for the next four hours or something I think that would be far better than what we've got the Ada frames and the weapon frames and the weapon bounties are good but I believe they need to be iterated upon they're so it's they're so mechanical I, I think we're, we're accidentally regressing back to the token slamming in the tower. It's so just buy it, do it, get it. 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 We're not going in and like killing the boss and seeing an ingram pop out and like, ooh, it might be the one. Uh, it seems like Sanguine will work on teammate rifts too. Pairing with Verities could be really broken. Almost a three-man grenade machine inside of an endless riff. Um... Not a question, so I guess thanks for the suggestion. Notorious Jeremy, with no mention of ritual weapons yet, do you think that they're going away from this season? They didn't mention them last time, did they? I can't remember. Hang on. Season of Dawn. Were they mentioned? I don't think they were mentioned anywhere on this page. Uh, We might have to do a control F. I don't think they mentioned it. And then somebody like tweeted at them and they were like, oh, there are ritual weapons. No, the word ritual is not even on this page. They responded to somebody's tweet and they were like, oh, there are ritual weapons, but we're letting you guys discover, uh, we're letting you guys discover the season, the next season more or something. Um, so season of Dawn's ritual weapons were like kind of announced in like a tweet response to somebody. I remember them saying that, but it wasn't, it wasn't front and center. So the reason, give me the reason. Uh, any chance that legendary law sectors are designed as a solo experience? It would be something innovative from a design point of view. I don't think so. I don't think they're ever going to focus on giving you a solo experience. Now, giving you a reason to do something solo? Maybe. Giving you a reason to, like, you know, get a try for something solo flawless? They definitely do that. But they're not going to design content for a solo player. That is not Destiny. Uh, that's not That's not the way they build the game. I am Pedro. What reason... Uh, we have for any of the world drop armor if they don't have the seasonal mod socket on them aren't them aren't them going to be just (laughs) cluttering the loot pool and making harder for this I'm just going to trust this isn't English is English not your first language Pedro I love you we need to help you out here on on some on some grammar and syntax (laughs) I appreciate the question 
Uh, first case, we don't fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not at all. Okay, I could tell by the way you were pairing the right words, but using the wrong form. It's fine. It's fine. It's actually not that bad. Um, but I could sense it. I could like hear it. Uh, we've already talked about this, but I didn't talk about the seasonal mod slot. Um, the seasonal mod slot's a good question. They didn't say if the faction armor would have that seasonal mod slot. I don't honestly know. I don't know if they can do this, but I was advocating for like any legendary armor you get in the season should have that season slot on it. But I don't know from a database perspective if they're able to do that. So like in season of the worthy, if you get a faction, a dead orbit helmet to drop, it would have season of the worthy slot. But then if it drops next season, it would have that season slot. I don't know if that's possible from a database standpoint, because then that item would be different season to season and would then maybe need to be replicated in the database. I don't know how they would do that. Um, that's how the Crucible stuff works now. Is that already a thing? Can you get a piece of armor in one season and get the exact same piece next season and the slot changes? Is that like actually a thing in the game? I didn't know that they did that. No, the mod slots are not universal. Cool, uh, cool JC. If you get a mod, if you get a piece of armor in worth, Season of the Worthy, it can use the seasonal mods from the the season behind and the season in front right now that armor has no slot people in chat are saying yes so that's the way that I would do it the faction armor that drops in the loot the world loot pool should have season of the worthy slots on it and then if it drops in the summer season it should have the summer season slots on it maniac what would you think about Bungie going from random rolls to something similar to Armor 2.0 where you would be able to grind for the actual mod and add it to the weapon? I think this is a this is an awful idea. I'm always very much against this. This is basically weapon crafting and this is not destiny. All this is is you putting in enough time to create a god roll. So a god roll hand cannon is not about pursuing it, finding it, chasing it, getting it to finally drop. It's literally crafting. How many hours will it take to get the currency and the mods necessary? And I'm just going to build my god roll. And then everybody uses the same weapon, the exact same roll, because with enough hours and time, you just build it. That's not destiny. I don't think that's a good suggestion or a good idea. That would be bad for weapon pursuit and loot pursuit. Uh, God of sniping. Orpheus rigs got nerfed again with the super regen being capped. Do you think this gives a hint at the amount of ads or mobs we'll see in the future content? No, I don't think any of this is a hint about future stuff, right? Um, so I, I don't, I don't think that that's a, uh, I don't think that's a, a hint about future content. So, um, Captain Kerfuffle with a $10 tip says, Lono, you do you. I think you're a good guy and informative streamer. If your fans like to see you roast people, I get that. I don't need to impose my ideals on you as everybody's different and everybody has a right to behave as they choose. You're fine, Captain Kerfuffle. It just it just smacks of like, like, and then associating me with somebody else is like, oh, this is another internet tough guy. Acting like I wouldn't act like this in, in real life. Like, that's just how I am. Like, me and my friends would sit around and debate things to the end of time like that's just what I do if I if I'm willing to debate with you and go toe to toe with you like the way I was talking to Ghostface I wasn't being I wasn't talking down to him I wasn't I wasn't disrespecting him or calling him names 
I was roasting him up for saying get good because it was a silly response to a very nuanced and complex discussion about modifiers, negative modifiers, going more the route of like less negative modifiers and going more the route of positive modifiers that help the player. And so I was roasting him up for it. And to take that interchange that I had with him and turn it into a criticism of my character that like I would never talk to him like that in real person and I'm acting like an internet tough guy. That's why you got kind of lit up too. Like that's not how I am. That's not who I am. That's just, it's just part of my character and my personality to like have those hot fiery debates with people. That's just what I do. Right. I, I don't know. So I understand it's all good. You're good. You didn't have to tip me $10 either. Like any, like I said, I'll sit here and I do it every day. I go back and forth with people for hours to the point that sometimes people are like, Lono, can you please move on? You've debated with this person for an hour. I'll debate with you till the, till the cows come home. The minute someone takes a swipe at me is when I like, I get really, really fired up and I felt like you were taking a swipe. So you're good. No, no worries. Um, and, and Ghostface, I think, knew what I was doing. I, you know, the get good, like, come on. That's, it's a, it's a bit, you know. We're having a little bit going on, like the get good bit, it, you know. <laughs> it was, I, it was fun. It was fun. I, if, it, if it seemed like I was being, like, mean-spirited, I wasn't trying to be mean-spirited. And I feel like Ghostface took it in stride. And Ghostface, to be fair, he's a little spicy himself, you know. He, he kind of gets a little, he gets a little up there in his spice. And so I knew I could kind of get him. I knew I kind of, I knew I could light him up a little bit. Um, Droppy. Do you think I can go flawless on Stadia and then go back to PC rocking a full set? <laughs> Shut up, Droppy. Uh, 41 months from Savage Shark Fight. Thank you. Ant will go with seven months. Thank you. Um, shut up and don't do this, Droppy. Uh, Con. With weapon retirement coming and assuming that Grandmaster Nightfalls will have their own loot, do you think that Grandmaster Nightfalls will have new strikes specific as the old ones will become irrelevant? I don't know. My theory on Grandmaster is it'll be its own loot classification. So if you go flawless in... If you go flawless in trials, it'll be adept. Remember adept? And I would see that, uh, I would see Grandmaster being the same thing. Like, Grandmaster loot will have, like, its own classification. Lona debates with people a lot, and that's why we love him. But the fact that he continually refused to get good, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, Bravo C Assassin. With Condor's Hold getting a 20% damage buff reduction, do you think it will be less used than before, despite the grenade energy return? No, I think it'll still be pretty popular. I think it and Ophidia are going are gonna to be pretty common. Uh... Grady Chops. With the increase of pinnacle drops, should they go back to a plus one? We already had this question. I don't think they're going to do that. Big Glenny. Has anything been said about the new pinnacle rewards? No, they have not. Skyrim. Do you think Ophidian aspects need to be buffed? I don't know if they need to be buffed, but when they pair the Ophidian buff with the range buff to Warlocks, I think it's going to get a little crazy, and people are probably going to hate it. Uh, But that's just a prediction. I might be wrong. Dragon Slayer. Well, uh, with anti-barrier mods seeing a presence in PvP, do you see overload rounds and unstoppable rounds having a balance in PvP? I'm sorry, a place in PvP, possibly doing extra damage to supers. That's exactly where I was going as I read your question. I was like, oh yeah, maybe overload rounds would give you more damage against a super. Um, What's the other one? Unstoppable. The problem with unstoppable is you're, you're loading like a heavier round into the gun. And I don't know if, especially with how strong bows kind of already are, I'd be nervous about giving a benefit to using unstoppable in PVP. Um, I don't know. 
Unstoppable could cancel Sprint, maybe? Unstoppable is like explosive payload. Yeah, it probably already does, like, a pretty significant, like, like stun, um, like, flinch thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. The meat, uh, meat wall. Uh, do you think... Um, do you think we'll be able to solo legendary sections and, oh, legendary lost sections, like lost sectors, and what do you think the rewards will be? Don't know. Already kind of had this question. It'll probably be something that's soloable. Look to, look to Glad and the Redeem Boys for that, but I don't know if that's going to be the goal is for it to be solo content. Do you think Bungie should replace ROR well, uh, with a D1 Super Sunsinger? but without self-res. Um, dude, I don't know. We, we went round and round on this today. I don't know if I want to beat this horse anymore. It, it feels like we've already kind of dealt with it. Well of Radiance just seems too strong. I just think they should take away the damage buff. So at the very least, it's not such a one-size-fits-all super. I don't know if we need to go to the distance on it and, like, take it out. Um, Ackleson. Uh... Unlike exotics in D1, many of the exotics in D2 are intrinsically tied to our character from a narrative point of view. How do you feel Bungie will go about transitioning items like these in D3? Simply blowing them up and giving them back to us wouldn't make sense. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I definitely think there could be the sense of like everything kind of gets destroyed and we're like thrown into the outer edges of the universe. And then if we want to get those weapons back, we have to like find them again or their schematics and rebuild them reforge them so anytime they want to bring a weapon back there could be like a reforging mission you know how they do that in video games like there's like oh this is a reforging mission and then we would go on these missions and we'd find the schematics and we'd find the pieces and the parts and we'd make it and it would be a little bit different because it would maybe be in its prototype form so maybe it would have different powers or better powers or something like that um so I'm loco do you think do you think uh, in regards to Grandmaster Nightfalls if they add means for enemies think of revelry vessel loss on killable nights to spawn in camping spots to force players to move forward while also adding a positive modifier or two to not curate the nightfall into an absolute steamroll for the play of the players I really enjoy Master Nightfall modifiers but I think Bungie could force away from the camping mentality listen I'm telling you, they've got to they've got to analyze negative modifiers. We don't need to go back into the ring and have me read them all and talk about how there's no skill involved. It all just motivates you sitting still and hiding. Bungie's already conceded that challenging content is driving people towards snipers and sitting back. They've already conceded that point. I would hope that they would then concede another point and say that we went a little too hard and heavy with negative modifiers. Everyone's going into heavy modified content and just sort of sitting back. To me, I just... There's a bit of a dissonance there. We gear up and we get strong and we're awesome and we're god killers. We get ready to go into hard content and then hard content basically does everything it can to slow everything down and to make you play passive and hidey. There's got to be a happy medium, whether it's a mixture of negative and positive modifiers, modifiers that have a risk reward element with maybe a modifier that gives you increased damage the closer you are to enemies or something. I don't know. Something to make it not so sit back and hide behind a box and a wall. I just, there's a reason I don't go into content like that that often. It's not because I'm a casual. It's because it isn't fun. 
I ran raids like crazy in D1. I can run raids like the best of them in Destiny 2. It isn't fun. It's slow. It's boring. It's it's safe. I've got all this stuff I can do, all these god rolls, all these powers, and I'm sitting back, you know, picking at enemies. It just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like the crescendo of content. It's like, you are really strong. Now come do content where there's basically one approach. You sit back with snipers and scouts and, you know, distance weaponry and uh, hide from all of the negative modifiers. Like, that's not a crescendo at all to me. It feels like a, like a, like a fart. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Thank you, uh, Feed. What is sunsetting? Sunsetting is the act of taking a weapon after so much time and, and re- and retiring it, if you will. The sun is setting on it. It can no longer be infused, so it's perfectly fine in most of the game, but it would not allow you to take it into endgame content and have it be worth anything. Hawk and Rain. I know the priming gram level power will be capped, but do you think that the total stat score will be capped for the season's priming gram, or will they be able to roll over the better stats for next season? Well, there's a potential power creep problem here, isn't there? If they keep giving you armor every season, it's higher and higher and higher and higher stats. Eventually, stats become kind of dumb. Everything's like max. Like there's a there's a there's a road there that has to kind of stop. Okay, that's that's enough stats. We can't go any higher. Your stat totals now are in the 70s and 80s out of the box, right? That gets absurd because then you just have max everything. You have tier 10 on every on every stat if you spec properly. Um, and then there's no thought and there's no choice and there's no sacrifice in your loadout and it, it invalidates the entire system. It's like you just, <laughs> you have high stat rolls and everything. Um, he's just asking if he can have primes now that they'll give him higher stat rolls basically. Right, but eventually that does have a road though. If you keep getting primes every season that push the stats higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, that becomes a, uh, that becomes a power creep problem. What I would think they would do is eventually just say there's a propensity here for good stat rolls, better stat rolls than they were in the past, and you're shuffling forward in your armor because seasonal mod slots are kind of dictating that. If you want to get ready for the summer season, you're going to need a bunch of season of the worthy armor, and so you'll grind for that season later in the you know later in the season. You're still misunderstanding. I know that prime ingram level power will be capped, but do you think that the total stat score will be capped for this season's prime ingram, or will they be able to roll over to better stats for next season? I don't, I don't understand. He's talking about stats rolling higher to get ready for next season. And if you do that, and he gets a bunch of good stats for next season, doesn't then the next season's primes have to be higher as well? He's talking about whether prime ingrams earned right now will have the higher stat roll chance that they're implementing. Oh, like saving them? Is that what he's asking? If you get a prime now and you open it. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, thank you. I was like, what the frick? All right. The total stat score will be kept for this season's prime ingram or you'll be able to roll it over. It will probably not apply to primes carried over. Thank you, Zadior, for patiently walking me through that like a child. I did not understand what he was asking. Um, saving prime ingrams, I, at this point, um, there's probably no harm in doing it. Why not? Right. They're not doing anything for you right now. So own you. Do you think that the first week of trials, they could implement all three new game maps to rotate, uh, to make it more exciting with rotation? Uh, 
I don't really have an opinion on it. Um, I'm trying to think of the good and the bad for both sides, and I'm coming to the conclusion that it's probably good to do the first weekend what they're going to do all the remaining weekends. It also brings more excitement because we haven't seen that map yet. So probably staggering the maps is the better choice. Dog, what do you think about elemental affinity on exotics? Personally, I'm getting frustrated about having to keep multiple of the same exotics for different weapon loadouts. Um... Yeah, I can see why that would be a problem because exotics also don't even have the seasonal mod slot So they also have that hindrance But that hindrance makes sense because they have a lot of perks and benefits that already suit your loadout, but Removing affinity on exotic armor pieces I don't know if that's fraught with problems. I'm always nervous about removing restrictions in the game because too much freedom is dangerous and it can really create issues. But if I consider the fact that like you're running, maybe you're running Peregrine Greaves and you like to switch between certain loadouts in different weeks, you're running different things. Feeling like you need three Peregrine Greaves, I think I agree that that is kind of stupid. I don't know. Maybe affinity changing on exotics should be significantly cheaper, you know? So maybe maybe it should be cheaper so that you can change it and it's like, well, I mean, I got Peregrine Greaves. Like the main reason I'm running Peregrine Greaves is for the exotic benefit. I should be able to change the affinity for very, very little. I don't know if I see a problem with that. You really should only have to have one exotic. Like it's got a good stat roll, you got a good pair of peregrines, you got a good pair of you got a good, you know, uh sanguine I don't know I don't think you need to make it cost anything to change affinity on exotics maybe that's maybe that's something that they should consider because I, I kind of feel where you're coming from do I really need three one-eyed masks do I really need to be carrying around three of everything I don't know you're literally giving up energy points built around generic mods I guess that's true you know Eugene I think just made the right pushback they have generic mods um so maybe that's the trade Sap says, Lono, do you have a podcast somewhere besides stream? I have a couple of podcasts you can search on Spotify, uh, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play. You can search for this one. It's right above me. SNTR Presents. It's going to have all my talks and Q&As. I have the Rageless Roundtable. The Rageless Roundtable. That's every Monday night. Uh, that's a roundtable of me, people like me, Paul Tassi from Forbes Magazine, Clintus. Um, we've got some special episodes planned to do some PvP stuff with some PvP streamers. Uh, and then Excessive Profanity and I, another streamer. He's not a safe-for-work streamer. Excessive Profanity is his name. That should make sense as to why he's not safe-for-work or uh, safe-around-family. It's not Um, family-friendly. He and I do a podcast called Unfiltered Contrast, and that is about a 10-episode podcast at this point. There's only 10 episodes. It's us going back and forth about uh, Twitch streaming and the streaming platform and all those different things. Tanky McTankerson, what do you think about the possibility of an arsenal modifier from Prestige, Eater, Spire, and Grandmaster Nightfall? I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Sorry, that's too specific. Golden, do you think that the new level increases will cause the same issues we had last year of people feeling behind or falling behind? Will they have to reestablish the catch-up bounties? No. No. Leveling is totally different now, Golden. Uh, totally different you basically the soft cap is raised it's really easy to level up now it's so much faster and the artifact is there to like cushion the blow you know cushion the blow will 
if you got some bad RNG. Leveling in Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence is like another universe. It's so different now. It's so much better. So I don't think there, there's a risk of those problems. No. Um, uh, $5 from Halcyon Overseer. I've lurked for a while, but you got a subscription off of me after the Get Good Soapbox. Keep up the great work. Thank you. 10 months from Wristband and 12 months from Dog. Uh, two one five dog. Congrats on the on the red badge after a year. Zadie, thoughts on a more intense boss, uh, as in his skill instead of just high HP. For example, a raid boss that six fallen that play for PvP. It's just you suggesting something. I, it, listen, I, the the core elements of Destiny aren't gonna not aren't gonna not go through significant changes. The only thing I really see them doing, like with Grandmaster, is adding champions, adding rhythmic pain, and modifiers, so you have to think through how to maximize damage. This is why I think we need a better harmony between negative modifiers and positive modifiers, so you kind of puzzle solve the best loadout and solution. But I don't think we need to go into like a specific boss that has like PvP components and stuff. I, I think that that's... We don't need that. And that's not really Destiny anyway. And you also have to consider, hardcore, consistent raiding players overstate how easy raids are. The very fact that you take weeks and a polished team to get to the place where it feels easy actually proves the opposite of your position, right? It proves the opposite. It is hard. That's why you go in with the same team. That's why you don't take inexperienced players in. That's why you typically you know, take a week or two to really polish and figure out maximum DPS and maximum, you know, things like that. You know, can you please start playing? You've been following me for a week. Can you shut your face? I'll do what I want. It's that simple. So for me, it's like, you're never going to create this environment where the people that just blitz raids and have super, super polished players and teams, you're never going to make content that feels hard to them. There's also just, I think, like I said, a fundamental misunderstanding of like, what makes hard content by then you won't be missed you know what makes hard content because garden of salvation as an example the average completion time is two hours it's that means there's people that are probably taking three four hours or more to beat it because there's also people there's also people that are taking 45 minutes to beat it right there's people pulling it down and there's people pulling it up so garden getting an average completion time of two hours is proof that the end game content's actually pretty challenging it's actually pretty tough we we, we really can't we can't legislate to the top 1%, to the top 2% players. You know, Glad and Chevy conceded this on the Rageous Roundtable. They're like, you just can't make content for us. If you make it for them, then nobody's going to enjoy it. And you fundamentally wasted bandwidth time and, 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 and very valuable resources making content for people that is, it is super, super small minority. And familiarity should not get confused with difficulty. Precisely, precisely. And listen... Bungie's misfired for this a, a handful of times. When they made Escalation Protocol harder because streamers got in their ear at, at, uh, at, was it the summit? I think it was the summit and said it was too easy or it was a capture event. No, it wasn't the summit. The capture event for Warmind and, uh, and they were like, it's too easy. And they made it harder. Guess what? They had to dumb it down. And they were like, well, it's doable with the three-man team and such and such team beat it. Yeah, they cheesed it on the bridge. Like, there's such a delicate balance here to, to make something that's difficult for 
redeem is to make content that will get almost no interaction. And I believe that's a fundamental failure of game design to make content, to spend resources and time making something that almost no one will play. They're they're okay with like a 10% raid engagement rate. They think that's pretty healthy. You start going lower than that down to like 1 to 5% and I believe you 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 fundamentally wasted your time and energy. Zadie Seth with a brand new prime sub. Enjoy the dope emotes and the badge and the ad-free viewing and two months from Serial Kyria. But can you have that in the game with contest modifier? Give us the option to do that to ourselves. That's why I think Contest Modifier is a good solution. I still don't think Contest Modifier is going to really slow teams down like Redeem, but it might make it impossible to two-man, low-man, three-man, or whatever, because damage thresholds become impossible because of the Delta. Where they could, even if they maximize their damage with only two people, it won't be enough. They'll get the soft enraged and get wiped. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I do think Contest Modifier is a solution to a certain extent. But I don't think we can go down this road of like content really needs to be so much harder. You got to be so, so careful. Um, so, uh, Choikers, Chuck, Ch- I'm gonna call you Checkers. Do you think Controversy Hold can still tank a shotgun with a 20% damage reduction? I have no idea. I'm the wrong person to ask about that. You'd have to ask like uh, Cool Guy or Fallout or the Number Crunch homies. With Grandmaster Nightfall on the horizon, what kind of loot do you think they're going to include? I've already kind of talked about this. I was thinking about it being its own type of loot. It's Grandmaster loot. Like Adept Trials loot. Um, we went way too long, I think, on this... Um, on this. Yeah, we've gone way too long on Q&A today. I know you push against weapon crafting, but would it be a good idea to bring in something like F- Final Fantasy's Relic Weapons, where you spend the expansion building up one weapon that's almost on par with a raid weapon, but it could be acquired and built throughout the long quest chains. Although in Destiny, you would want to be building it up over two years. Sorry if I'm spelling and grammars off. You're fine. Um... I don't know. I mean, if you do this for like a pinnacle weapon or an exotic, then it's a story of you building the weapon. That to me is different than weapon crafting of legendaries. Like, this would be basically an exotic quest is what it sounds like you're outlining. Uh, Sphygy, what type of modifiers would you want to see in challenging content since the negative ones you're poo-pooing? I'm not poo-pooing the negative ones. There's too many of them by themselves a couple of them I think are just atrociously awful like locked loadouts and extinguish are just why but most of them aren't a problem they're just too many of them once you start stacking them on top of each other it's like well I'm just gonna sit back here out of aggro reach and slowly pick away at the enemies it's not it doesn't translate into a good experience um I remember good modifiers being like, number one, don't take away our burn. Don't take away solar arc or void burn. Don't take that away from us. At least let us keep that. Number two, specialist and small arms are really, really fun and really, really can add some fun sauce. Uh, I could see a small arms or a specialist on top of Vorpal being really, really cool and, and creating fun, you know, fun strategies and fun things. Um, yeah, there was Daybreak. Daybreak was basically like mayhem in the... Uh, it was mayhem in... And nightfalls. Uh, the one that I said w- was like it would motivate people to get really, really close. The closer you are to enemies, the higher the damage that you do. Uh, the closer you are to enemies, the higher damage resistance that you get, or something like that. You could call it danger close. And the closer you are to enemies, you do more damage uh, and you take a little bit less, motivating it to be like a gut, a gut, you know, a gut puncher. Like you're just barrel stuffing the whole time. But then thinking through, like, it, is it worth it if you run the right build? Again, you're taking your 
you're taking your build and you're saying, okay, it's void, specialist, danger close, all right, and the enemy's got this and this and this. That's pretty painful. That's pretty tough. So in this particular nightfall this week, I'm going to run a fusion because I can use that a little bit further away than a shotgun. I'm going to get that slight damage buff from being closer. I've got the void burn. I've got specialists. Like, you're... At that point, you're figuring things out. You're like, what would be the absolute best way to navigate this particular nightfall? Instead, what people do now is they're like, pain, 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 pain. Well, let's just sit back and avoid the pain. It's boring. It's not, it's like, I don't know. I've watched people running nightfalls and stuff, and it's just like, it's just so much sitting back. I like watching people maximize and synergize on, on, on champions. That's the only thing that's enjoyable when I watch people do when we raided Cammy the other day. It was fun watching them synergize on taking down a, a, a champion really, really fast. I liked that. But then the rest of it was just sitting back and getting just absolutely decimated so fast by things. I was just like... I don't know. This is dumb. Like, they're not even engaging with the content. They're just hiding. They're just sitting back. And they're dying to stuff so fast, you don't even have a response. You're just like, I'm dead. Yeah, sorry. I stepped out of the rift. I stepped out of the thing. Like, I don't know. It's just too much. I I don't want to beat the dead horse. I think I've made my point. And I gave you some examples of things that could come back. Uh, I agree with you. I just want to hear your suggestions you had. Oh, thank you. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think some of those would make it make it fun. And the, the, the danger close one sounds kind of cool. Like, you might want to take the risk to push up. Again, create a risk-reward environment, not a sit-back-and-avoid-pain environment. Ben Wild. Do you think the new Orpheus rigs has more to it? I mean, they could funnel some of its power into the top tree Night Stalker. Well, they are tweaking some of the other subclasses, so I don't want to speculate any more than we've already had that, like, power super regenerating its own super is problematic, and I think the 50 cap is probably fine. Digital Marine. With the addition of 40 new items in the general legendary loot pool, do we feel that we need more target grinding for those sources? We've already addressed this. I do think it's too bloated, and I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that that's the route they're taking. Uh, Veve, do you think Trials Dear 2, uh, I'm sorry, do you think Trials D2 Year 1 gear will drop? No, 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 because that's Trials of the Nine. It doesn't even look like Trials of Osiris. If that stuff comes back, maybe ornaments or something later. Uh, Ecal, do you think early reskin criticism of D1 hurt Bungie's ability to give us more content? They always have to create new environment for every mission. Are you against reused areas, or would you like to see new unique encounters? You're here a lot, Ecal. I think you know what I'm going to say. I think repurposing old content is a huge, huge thing that should happen, and I agree with you. I think D1 did it running a strike backwards that's not exactly what I have in mind <laughs> but I think it did I think people are really like reskin 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 right and so they're very gun shy on it but I'm like dude you got good environments escalation protocol blind well the forges reckoning menagerie now you have other things that could come back out of retirement the EAZ the infinite forest uh, vex offensive sundial if these things are two years old, why not have it be like a thing that we go do as a memory or something? I don't know. It just, this idea that like, oh, it's got to be new. Yeah, and two weeks later, it's the same old, same old again. Like what, how much actual value transmission comes from it being brand spanking new. And in the process, they're just ignoring the complete rest of the game and all these activities and all these areas. 
Dragon Slayer. Do you think that they will raise the minimum light level people can be every September? Like with Shadow Keep? Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they would. So in September, they'll make everybody a thousand. I, I could oh, 100% see them doing that. Everybody's a thousand in September. And then the people that push for a thousand sixty or whatever, you're a thousand sixty, you got a jumpstart or something. You know. Hollow Point. Does it make sense to add Chalice of Opulence for Crucible, either Trials, Iron Banner, or Comp? Imagine being able to target farm Crucible gear. I like your idea. I, I've suggested something similar, but in a different way. You'd go to a, the NPC for Crucible, and you'd buy a weapon boon, and it would last for four hours. So for the next four hours you're playing Crucible, that item is consistently dropping. I don't know if we need to do a Chalice for everything, though. But you're, you're getting at the spirit of what I want to see, is that targeted farming needs to come in a way where it's dropping. Diaz, do you think that there will ever be a power system that is loved uh, for a month or two and then criticized? It's not fair. I don't play enough to keep up. Example, artifact was loved by the casual player at first, and now the casual player is saying it's not fair. I don't play enough to level the artifact as much as someone else. I think they're fine-tuning it, Diaz, and I think them wanting to cap Iron Banner and Trials modes, they said that exact phrasing, like those modes will have a cap. I think it's them fine-tuning the system and doing and keeping in, in in the spirit of what you're saying, like, you don't want people falling behind. That's why they're doing it. Droppy. Do you think it could ever be, could be Aldrin in the season and worthy of the trailer, or is it some nice-looking helmet? We've not seen the helmet anywhere, so it very likely could be a character. Aldrin, or it could be something that we haven't seen yet. Iron Banner helmet or something. But, I like the idea of thinking that it might be Aldrin. So... The last question is about there being too, pinna- too many pinnacles. I've already answered that. Basically, it seems like they're making pinnacle grinding a little bit more accessible because of Iron Banner and Trials. Iron Banner and Trials are power-enabled. That's to empower sunsetting to work long-term, and they're probably trying to mitigate that frustration of people being like, I'm not strong enough by making pinnacle grinding a little bit easier. Hardcore players aren't going to like it, but a lot of things are changing and they're probably making changes to bolster those changes rather than cut them down so if you've enjoyed this back and forth the sauce the banter the rants and the Q&A it's family friendly we have a good time here click the follow button turn on notifications uh, that way you don't miss the stream I'm gonna keep streaming we can keep discussing talking combing over everything I'll probably do a little bit of uh, fractaline dumping because I gotta get rid of it before Tuesday uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live and as always please like share and subscribe